We are back! Finally! <laughs> Finally! <laughs> the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast has come back to SoundCloud and Stitcher and TuneIn Radio and uh, everywhere else that we're at. Uh, uh, what is it? iTunes, right? Yeah. And Google and everywhere else. Big Ugly. Um, hey, man, it's been nice to meet you again. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been... Uh, How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good, man. What? Just uh, holiday shopping. And, You're uh, shopping online? Or in stores? Well, no, I'm, I'm not shopping online anymore. I mean, it's been terrible. I got packages that's just out there in the wind. In the wind? Yeah. Gone with the yeah, wind, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> the it's way this uh, USPS yeah, is going. Completely in God's hands now. God's <laughs> hands. You're just leaving it up to the Lord. Yeah, exactly. Amen. <laughs> Getting spiritual. Yeah. Big Ugly, thank you for joining us and uh, be doing what you do. Episode 90. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 90. Yeah. And we're going to talk about the 90s. And the late 80s uh, on this podcast. We had a lot to talk about in the past month or two, but it's been a while. But, um, you know, we have a guest with us live here. Um, once again, hashtag, no hashtag, the king of non-social media and the king of social distancing. Um, he is not a ho, 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 but his mask says... Something about that. Boho ho. It's boho ho. CM Funk, welcome back to the Dirty. How you doing? Gentlemen, thank you as always. It's uh, This is exciting. We're in brand new digs. Uh, oh, that's know, right. Yeah, we we are in the penthouse, oh. baby. <laughs> because the mansion is gone, 27 rooms. Uh, Chris Burns, you know, if he's there, God bless him. Uh, the heat and the electricity are off. So, But, I mean, here we've got more square footage and we've got... Uh, Cathedral ceiling, so he could be up there. We need to hang the money in the bank briefcase on on the ceiling, actually, as you mentioned, CM Funk. Yeah, yeah. And actually have a ladder and go for it. Yeah, you've got this nice little crawl space over the uh, the the giant kitchen and everything there. That, <laughs> that is true. I did say we could put collectibles up there. Chris Burns, Chris Burns very well could be up could be there. Up there. Yeah. You know, Chris, if you're up there, you're welcome to join us if you can get down. Um, and and you're right over the kitchen, so I'm sure there's going to be food <laughs> around. So, yeah, the penthouse. It's nice. It, it's been a it's been an interesting couple of months for the dirty one over here. I've been quite dirty. Um, moving into the new place, which is great. Um, Triple H I had. Um, not not Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Triple hernia is what I had. Uh, triple hernia surgery. I'm recovering from that, so that's good. It's not going to take 6 to 12 months. No, 6 to 12 days. That's 6 to 12 in, days. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> I'm working on the recovery, still doing it. So if you guys see me get up and move around, that's probably why. Um... Other than that, uh, it, it's been a it's been a crazy month, but it is now December. What's going? You all you all right, Big Ugly? Yeah. Um, What's happening? Stop hitting your hands on the table. Oh, I'm sorry. That's me. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. You're right, and I'm I'm just excited here. We're hitting your hands on the wait, wait, podcast wait. slash poker slash billiards slash uh, broken skull IPA, which we have, and vitamin water and Nesquik. Um, that's a combination of great sorts. Yeah, yeah we get it all in because in 2021, no more free promotion, right? No more, <laughs> right? We charging. We're just simply drinking IPA water and chocolate milk. That's, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> that's all it is. We ain't telling you what kind yeah. it is because it's been a bad year for small businesses. Now, luckily, we don't have a tax ID for this. So I'm not throwing this out there. We're just doing this for fun. Absolutely. So we don't have to pay taxes, <laughs> but then we don't get income either necessarily. Yeah. So um, we do this for fun. We do this for the Dirty Ugly Podcast listeners. So let's let's just... T- oh. Roll Tide. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that one. Yeah. Ain't, ain't much to do except listen to podcasts and watch television when you're uh, when you're down and out. 
But um, yeah, enjoy, enjoy, gentlemen. Uh, Total Wine and Spirits out on Lock Raven. They do carry El Segundo, Steve Austin, Broken Skull PA. They don't have it right now, or they didn't, but they carry it. All right. Let's just go down a punch list. <laughs> punch. Because we got a lot of things to talk about. We want to thank Satomi Hoffman, H-O-F-M-A-N-N, Broadway actress, uh, fantastic Phantom of the Opera on Broadway in New York, which will be reopening at some point in time. Um, she had a great interview. She was episode 89. We, yes, just, were, uh, yeah. we, we had to keep pushing things back, so we just you know gave the whole episode to Satomi. And it's a great interview. Yeah. And we're going to get her again. And we got to thank Michael Spedden, actually, one of our longtime guests, for introducing uh, us to her. And, and uh, Satomi does the I Heart Geek podcast. I think it, you would like that. Yeah, it's a fantastic podcast. You know that. You know about I, this. I, I, yeah, I've listened in, and oh man, they they talk great stuff. Any anything nerd, anything geek that you you want to talk about? They really, talk okay, about I need it. to give it a listen, man. We the three stuff. of us need yeah, to, cause, yeah, because <laughs> this is anything what we do. Geek? Okay, yeah, yeah they, they talking Star Wars. They talk oh, Star Wars. Oh, they talk man, Man Mandalorian, oh, which is something that, you both have to touch on listen, a little bit that, later. That final episode, you guys are gonna get me buying. That had me pretty hyped. You guys are gonna get me to buy. Disney Plus. I ain't done it yet. Yeah, so spoilers, everybody. Just uh, throw it out there mm-hmm. early. For I saw you, so. saw a couple things, but uh, go ahead and talk about it. it's season two, right? And they got a season three coming. Yeah. So season season two of the Mandalorian just wrapped up. Okay. Uh, they have a season. Uh, so Disney announced like a bunch of Star Wars shows. Like I mean, like, oh, and those, a, a ton comment, of them. So you got a, you got a Soka show. You have an Obi Wan show. Both of them are going to be a limited series, meaning they're only going to run like one season, a few episodes. Uh, you've got uh, the what are the bad the bad bunch the bad, uh, bad I, I forget bunch. the name of that that Clone Wars group they're getting their own show oh right right yeah uh, Boba Fett Boba is getting Fett a show. yeah got to circle back yeah. to that one yeah kind of and, plays in right with the Mandalorian and so. then uh, Bo Katan I also believe is going to get her own show mm. yeah and they're they're supposed to do a Rogue Squadron which is yeah. uh, which is about the X Wing uh, uh, squadron and all yeah. so yeah. Uh, yeah there's all sorts of content coming out for yeah. Star Wars. So, so all right, your feelings on Mandalorian Season 2. Spoiler warning, your your, your feelings <laughs> for the end, the end of the episode. The, um, right, before, oh, wait, before you get to the end of the episode, yeah, yeah, your right. feelings on the season and then the end. Yeah, so, like, you know, I, I'm a huge, huge Star Wars geek, so, um, I, you know, I had trouble, actually, starting out Season 2. It was a little different way that they kind of rolled into it. It was yeah. a little bit more drawn out. Yes. By the midway point of the season, though, man, they kicked it in a that, high, high gear, and it was just, it was just, for for any geek, man, it was just moment after moment, like, and just fan service after fan service. Um, but uh, yeah, the wrap up, man, like the final episode, like, woo, they brought it home. Um, <laughs> uh, you know. I, so, so when did you? All right. So go ahead. They brought it home. I'm, I just want to ask you the show. The end of the episode is called the rescue. Yeah. You know the part where they're getting rescued with the X-Wing. Who did you think was in the X-Wing? Like, when you saw the X-Wing, what would you think? So, I saw the X-Wing. I said, it's Luke. There was no doubt in my mind it was Luke. (laughs) However, however, my heart was like, please don't be Luke. I wanted it to be anybody but Luke Skywalker. Um, You know, so, uh, so... A little disappointed, but at the same time, a little jacked up for it too. You know, okay. I, mean, I, I, I can't, I can't say no to you know what they did, and I actually, I actually liked the CGI effect they did with him. Right. I thought it was actually it was better than the Leia, and almost as good as the Tarkin from uh, Rogue. Yeah, Man. I think the Tarkin's still the best one they've yeah. done, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, um, it's pretty good. So why did you not want it to be Luke? Because I, I enjoyed the Mandalorian being kind of a separate. story. 
story from the mm. main, you know, mm. trilogy, yeah. the, the the Skywalker yeah. saga. And they really know? worked hard for that in the first season. You notice, like, they, they really didn't touch on that in they, the first season. Yeah, like, they yeah. set it up to be its own thing, yeah. but it felt like this season was about setting up the expanded universe as a whole, too. Absolutely. You know, like, by bringing in Boba Fett, bringing in Ahsoka Tano. Um, Bo-Katan. You know, bringing in Bo-Katan, yeah. bringing in Sasha Banks. This is a wrestling podcast, so we're gonna fit it in oh, somewhere. Yeah, so gotta wrap it around. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I felt like that's what the whole second season ended up being. And I'll tell you, my take at the very end, you know, like a lot of people are like, oh, but it's the Mandalorian. It's supposed to be about Din and you know the main character, you know. And and I thought, you know what, the Mandalorian. That could mean the entire race of Mandalorians. Absolutely. It could mean just Bo-Katan and her group of Mandalorians. It could mean Boba Fett, which obviously it doesn't because we've got a spinoff, you know, of Boba. Yeah. So, um, so I'm kind of excited to see where season three goes. They they opened up the door <coughs> for a lot of possibilities. Yeah, I actually when I so when I saw the X-wing, I I, I actually thought it was either going to be one just showing up, and then you're going to see a whole squadron showing up. And then when it docked, I was like, okay, it's probably a Jedi in there. So my, my initial thought went to Ahsoka's showing back up. Sure, sure. Yeah. And then, and then um, you know, for a minute, I was like, okay, who else? What other Jedi do I know out there? And so, like, I just recently played, uh, or last year, like, the Jedi Fallen Order game. So I was thinking about Cal Kestis, and I was like, oh, maybe uh-huh. they're going to use this as a chance to, like, introduce him into the universe. But then when I saw the green lightsaber and the black glove, I was like, okay. Uh, yeah. You know? <laughs> I, I tell you, I, I don't know what you thought, but I thought it was cool the way they did it because they never, even with the X-Wing coming in, even when the Jedi started battling against these uh, troopers and stuff, you still weren't 100% sure because it was all in black and white originally. So the lightsaber looked white, which is a Sokotano's, but yeah. it was only one lightsaber. It wasn't two. Yeah. And then, like, you know, and it wasn't until it went to a green lightsaber that that I was like, yeah, okay, it's definitely Luke. But then when they put the black uh, glove up, I was like, oh, well, <laughs> there you go. It's sold. Yeah. I don't even need to see yeah. a face. I know yeah. it's him now, so. Right. Yeah. It, I mean, I, I just, I, I appreciate it because I felt like, you know, my favorite aspect of Luke that I remember for me was from Return of Jedi when he was like, you know, complete yeah. Jedi yeah. master in all black with the green lightsaber. So seeing him, you know, being able to rip through those uh, black storm, uh, what are they, dark storm dark, troopers? Yeah, yeah. Again, yeah, yeah that that was dope. And especially, uh, I love the way he, he crushed the final one. Yeah. Which, just, oh, yeah. <laughs> That That's, did it for me, man. man. I yeah. can't wait to yeah. get Disney. I was Plus. the same, man. Yeah. Uh, Mike, Mikey, you got you got to get yourself on Disney Plus just for the yeah. Mandalorian. If I I'm mean, great. yeah, I'll jump on it, man. Before yes. even Xfinity picks it up, L- I'm listen, the, do it. the Mandalorian yeah. is the only thing holding Disney Disney Plus afloat right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's all they have. Hey, I, I would say it, not until you know next month. Um, the the Marvel shit yeah, starts. Wanda comes, so WandaVision yeah. comes out. You know, so yeah. I think as Disney Plus, you know, starts getting these new shows, these Marvel and Star Wars, you know, universe shows out and all. Disney Plus is Disney, they'll take off yeah, yeah it's going to yeah. be through okay. the roof I'm ready, man. So, uh, yeah, thank you for the uh, the lowdown on that. And spoilers, yeah, absolutely. But me, I haven't watched. I watched a little bit of the first season just because I had Disney Plus for free for a week or something like that. But I didn't get to finish it all, and they weren't all out at the point. Yeah. But I'm excited. We need to watch this. There's plenty of things to watch on all kinds of streaming services. Cobra Kai is coming out on January 8th with Ooh. season three. Excited. I mean, binge one and two all you want because Cobra Kai 3 is going to be tight, and they're filming four right now. Well, did you see they aren't uh, they aren't bringing Aisha back? I thought I was kind of messed up. Yeah, I so saw she because um, I think 
I think the actress went online and said that they didn't have a story for yeah, it. Yeah, the writers just was like, we don't have a story for it. Yeah. I, I just, I, I felt like it was weird because it's like you write this person for two seasons. Yeah. And then the third season come around, you literally have every single person back and you're like, you actually have nothing for you. And that was, that yeah. was the second student of right. Johnny Lawrence. Right. right. <laughs> she, wait, her character is key to most of the first right. season and a half. Her, her relationship yeah. with, uh, with Mary Hauser yeah, was, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that's crazy because she's one of those characters that's good for a lot of different different uh, groups of people to jump on the bandwagon and yeah that's crazy and then they brought back several other new characters or former Karate Kid Universe characters which have all been announced at this point we just don't know what they're doing yet Chosen which is from Karate Kid 2 also Kumiko from Karate Kid 2 and uh, I think Elizabeth Shue I think we're going to see yeah, she's, she's got to we got to see some Allie Mills yeah, uh, right. yeah. because I do believe that's going to end up being Tori's mother somehow or stepmother something like that uh, Tori with an eye Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> so, yeah, Cobra Kai is going to be good to watch. Uh, of course, on Christmas Day, we've got uh, big major features on HBO Max, like WW84, Wonder Woman 84. I never saw the uh, number two through 83. I mean, <laughs> they just jumped. Sometimes you got to jump right to a sequel. Okay. Um, several sequels, as a matter of fact. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is the time, obviously, to go for Thanksgiving, Christmas, to run around, be with family and friends. Don't do it this year. Just kick back and relax, man. Have a Zoom meeting. Watch some streaming services. Listen to the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. All of them. All 89 episodes plus this one. I said they're in the archives somewhere there, aren't they? We got archives all over the place, and I got a card to remind me exactly where they're at just in case because it's been a while. Um, and of course, we're going to talk about pro wrestling on this podcast. I mean, how can we not? I mean, yeah. there's just so many things. But uh, so let me throw this out there. Since throw it out there. We since we are on. It's been shows, a while. If anybody hasn't, Netflix is the queen's gambit. It's really good. Oh man, is it? If, okay. if you I, it's watch, on my to do list. It's on, yeah, I definitely watch it. Like even if you're not a chess player, it's just a really, really good okay. story. Good show. It's one of them shows that's like a limited series. Like, you know, it has seven episodes, but that's it. You know, it just kind of ends. They're going to do another one? Is that it? No, I'm just saying that it seemed like they finished it all. Okay. They ended it. Yeah. So. And this is something. Isn't it like loosely based on a true story, too, or something? No, it's just all fictional. Is it really? But the way that they incorporate the story, you start to think that it's real. Like, you really (laughs) That was the hottest thing on Netflix for a while. They're going to be gambit. So, I I definitely on my list. Also, uh. I think it's on HBO or HBO Max. Pennyworth, you were telling me. Pennyworth, fantastic. Pennyworth, yeah. If you're a Batman fan and all, check out Pennyworth. And this is Alfred. That's an epic show. Yeah, epic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Epics, I'm sorry. Thank you. That's on my list to do, too. Yeah, it's uh, Alfred, all about Alfred, uh, uh, pre-Wayne Manor and pre-Batman. Wow. Good good stuff. I mean, there's so much to do. You don't even have to leave. Yeah. Just, that's awesome. But anyway. One more thing. Do it. For all of the Office fans. Oh, please. Leaving Netflix. No. December 31st. But it's going to Peacock on yeah. Infinity. Yeah. Which uh, is... Which I do not have, so... Is what it is, but... I, that, and I'm not getting another stream of they're, they're, <laughs> I wouldn't. They are trying, they are having petitions or whatever to try to keep it, but I think at this point, it, and by the time you listen to this podcast, I mean, we're, what, 10 days away from the end of the year, so I don't know. It might not, so... I would say, I think Netflix is going to get to a point where it's going to be strictly their own content because all of the... All of the, uh, yeah, the NBCs, HBOs, Disney's, they're, they're going to take over their own content. So there's not going to be a need for them to share it on Netflix anymore, right. you know, so. But, I mean, that's uh, that's okay. I mean, things happen like that, but then, like you said, you're not going to get another streaming service, so a lot of people are paying for whatever internet, cable, whatever, they, and then you got to pay $50, $60 a month for six other streaming services to watch the shows that you want to watch. That's yeah. crazy. Um, but... 
Uh, you, thank you for the office reminder because uh, we are on season five, going on season six. I do, I did own them on DVD because that still exists, DVD. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, or it'll be on Peacock afterwards. But still, a lot of pe- if you don't have Xfinity, or you have to buy the Peacock app, and that's like a ten dollar a month. Um, lots to watch, lots to listen to. So don't leave home. But if you do, wear a mask, six feet, be careful. Don't have Christmas parties. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, I apologize. I have one more Office thing. Go for it. Favorite Office episode. The favorite Office episode. I think it's the Dunder Mifflin fun run for I can't do the whole thing, but rabies awareness after Meredith got hit yeah. by the car. Okay. The, that's a two-part episode, but yeah. I think that's my favorite overall episode. Yeah. Andy's nipples start. Andy's nipples, yeah. right. Are you? Did you watch Office? Nope. Okay. Not a fan. So, yeah. so, really? Okay. Yeah, not yeah. a fan. You would enjoy, I think. I, I tried, but I, I tried, can't, yeah. can't, can't get into it. I, I tell you, after Michael left, um, there was a kind of a period, I think, after the middle of the seventh season. Seven season yeah. It was weird for a while. It and was, then, yeah. Seven and eight kind of was eh, but nine picked it back up as because they were ending, so they started tying everything together. Yes, um, I agree. So I think it's it's <laughs> worth a watch. I mean, if you tried, hey, it's not for everybody. I, I, think, I think when he leaves, it's like it's one of those things where you're trying to figure out who's anchoring the show now. Right. You know, there was really nobody. There was nobody for right. a while. Yeah, exactly. And then they kind of, they kind of like you said, they bring it full circle. You know, with uh, I think they kind of move it to like Dwight and Jim kind of anchoring. Yeah, which yeah. is good because they should. Dwight, I mean, it was yeah. the anchor of the show for the whole time anyway. Right. For the, in my opinion, other than Michael, yeah, not uh, Ed Helms. I love Ed Helms, but not him. Yeah, <laughs> he, he was good, but yeah, he wasn't a leader. He, He's no. more of a supporting character. Yes, absolutely. I completely agree. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, The Office is, that's, I, I don't know what else might be leaving, but, uh, you can always watch Fuller House on Netflix, I, I do, or The Ranch, which is another good show, um, what about Saved by the Bell? Oh, uh, that's on Peacock, yeah, now, yeah, now I did show. watch the entire new season of that, because I was down and out, uh, with, um, Triple H, and, uh, <laughs> so I did watch that, it's not as good, well, I mean, I grew up, and we all did, with the older Saved by the Bell, this is a little bit more modern and it's a little bit more topical, I yeah. guess you could say. And it's still got the goofy stuff, but and it does have kickbacks to the other characters, everybody except Screech. So Screech is not a part. It's worth a watch. It's worth a one time. Saved by the Bell. So Zach Morris is on there. Zach Morris is there. Zach Morris is the governor of California. Wow. Which is interesting. Yeah. And his son, um, uh, I want to say his name is Hack. No, that's Hardcore Hack. That's the Sandman. Uh, <laughs> his name is like, uh, it's not Zach, but it's something close yeah. to Zach. Mac Morris, that's what his name. So he's a carving copy of Zach when he was a kid. Gotcha. And he's like the same thing at the high school. Yeah. Um, so A.C. Slater is the gym teacher or the athletic director. Jesse Spano is the uh, guidance counselor. Hmm. Uh, Are they still together? Uh No. Okay. They they are far apart. Uh, Jesse is married uh, with a kid, and Slater is divorced with no kids. I think. Is Zach and Kelly still married? Oh yeah, Kelly is the first lady. Nice. They ended nice. the entire first like with the wedding in Honolulu or whatever. They kept them wedding married. in Las Vegas. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Yeah, they did go to Hawaii, but the wedding was in Las Vegas. Yeah. Right? Um, 
That was a separate movie. That was the one in Hawaii. Yeah. That's correct. I'm sorry. I'm in, I'm gonna say by the I am too. I shouldn't know this stuff. I don't. <laughs> Crazy. I, I, I'm just amazed, like that we have had multiple uh, segments on this podcast that have been like strictly saved by the bell. We talked about it last yeah. time. It's like we <laughs> talked about way more than. Yeah. <laughs> it boggles my mind. So, Lark, anyway, go ahead. Yeah, L- yeah. Lark Voorhees, Lisa, is uh, comes on a Zoom call d- during one of the shows, and she's in Paris. She's a fashion designer, and she ends that Zoom call by saying, I have to go wake up my lovers. Plural. For, okay. So she's a... Yeah. She is a madam, yeah. apparently. Uh, so that's interesting. But uh, <laughs> And they all reprise the friends forever. Yeah, yeah, they do that. They wear the old outfits and reprise that song. It's crazy. Okay. More than that. Um, we're going to talk about pro wrestling. It's here. It's the, it's the dirty and the ugly. We, we, we did mention Sasha Banks back way back we right. did. during the Mandalorian. <laughs> we did. I think we got it covered. We're yeah. going gonna, gonna, to, I'm going to go back through the SoundCloud list and we're going to thank all of our guests from this year, which are, you know, not as many because we didn't have as many podcasts. And right now on one of the penthouse, uh, 60 screen, uh, 600 inch screens, I'm just going to, I'm just emphasizing yeah inflating those numbers a bit eh? we've got the uh, yeah we've got the Ultimate Warrior versus Hulk Hogan from Wrestlemania 6 that was 1990 that was 1990 and we are going to talk about 1990 because this is the 90th Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast and we're going to talk about 89 too because we missed it last time and uh, you know but that was awesome that, it's it's a great uh, champion versus champion title for title Sky Dome in Toronto when it after it first opened up back in 1990 um Let's throw out a couple of names here. Uh, Zelina Vega, thank you for your uh, future Fire. endeavors. Gone um, because of social media, I believe. Yeah, I mean, to my Roughly. knowledge, she spoke out against WWE wanting to control people's uh, certain social medias like the Twitch right. and stuff like that. And she spoke out against it. And then next thing you know... I mean, they didn't even, they they just, they they didn't even tell her. Yeah, they never confirmed that that was the reason that they got rid of her, but it just seemed so coincidental that, you know, she was gone right after that. Crazy. Um, And we do have a a, a list that we want to get out of the way. It's a little bit of a sad list. Uh, Unfortunately, some folks have passed away uh, since the last time we talked to you. Pat Patterson, first ever WWE Intercontinental Champion. Um, And they did real nice tributes for him on all WWE television, so that was really nice. Uh, Alex Trebek, I mean, we knew he was battling uh, illness for a while and still working full-time. And finally, uh, you know, he passed away. Yeah, he was at, what, WrestleMania 4 or 5? Uh, 7. 7. Yeah, he was a backstage correspondent for the one that was in the L.A. arena right, as right, opposed right. to the L.A. Coliseum. That's right. That's yep. right. See? With, uh, with Sergeant Slaughter. Ah. Yeah. Ah. yeah. And Savage and the Warrior in a career-ending match. Ah, Elizabeth's return. Elizabeth's yes. return, and yeah. then Randy Savage returned three months later, so that career-ending match didn't really do much. <laughs> they never do. As they never do. <laughs> they never do. Um, Zeus, Tom, Tiny, Lister, ah. Debo. Come on, man. And I did hear, because he, he's uh, early 60s, 62, I think it was. Yeah, like, yeah. And it was COVID-related, I believe. Yep. Yeah. God, that, that, that one hit me hard, actually. I mean, because that's when I started watching wrestling, when Zeus came into the WWE. And I knew he was a, Yeah, <laughs> and I knew he was an actor as well. Um, it's, uh, man, and he was a, a guest star in a lot of different television shows and movies, and uh, he was act- out there doing some good stuff. And Be he was boom. just a... 
Pre- Evo, man. Yeah. Pre- president in uh, Fifth Element. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. You know, that's actually my favorite role of his. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I, I do. That's That one sucks. I mean, no holds barred. I mean, come on, man. The movie and the match. Um, unbelievable. So, and... Um, this one is uh, more personal on my side. R.J. Meyer, a- a.k.a. The Bruiser from MCW Pro Wrestling, uh, was second bout with leukemia. Um, and, unfortunately, leukemia won this time. And um, But R.J. lived a, a, a big, full life in the 40-some years that he was here. And uh, he was a great professional wrestler, great trainer, great individual, just on and off the wrestling scene. A great guy. Matter of fact, I got a chance to do the MCW podcast with him and Deacon Storm and Tara. Um, and that was one of his last uh, video and audio interviews as he was talking about his bout with leukemia. Um, and he, you know, Bruiser Strong, man. Hashtag Bruiser Strong. And, uh, you know, MCW Pro Wrestling did a great tribute for him. And it was just that, that one, that hits home really hard. That's really close to a lot of us. So, you know, RJ. Love you, buddy. Love you, buddy. Um, and I got a chance to do the Foul Players Radio with uh, Michael Spedden and uh, Nikita Boskinoff, which he was in the WWE for a long time, working with Nikolai Volkov and Ivan Koloff and all those other people. And uh, he's him and I are corresponding now, so we might have Nikita on our podcast coming Very up. Nice. He's a he's an author. Uh, he knows the pro wrestling world, especially in the seventies. He was back there doing a whole lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, cool. So absolutely, and thank you, Michael Spedden, again for the introduction. So. Let's just go into it. We were talking about 89. We're talking about 90. Big Ugly, I know you watched wrestling at different times, um, more more towards the Attitude yes. Era, um, you know, the WCW era. Yes. But talk about... 89 what, and 90? Talk about what you know from 89 and 90. I'm talking about, like, WrestleMania 4 or 5. Yeah. This is when NWA was becoming WCW, and there really wasn't anything else out there on mainstream on our side of the world to watch. Yeah, so I was one and two years old. Okay, awesome. <laughs> and, uh, That's cool. So tell us what you remember. Right? <laughs> he remembers... Yeah. Uh, 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 I remember Hogan and Yellow Tights. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, that's about it. Um, yeah. Now, when you but go no. back and watch some of this stuff on the network, do you see a distinct difference from, you know, that kind of uh, product and then what you did end up starting to watch in the, uh, the Attitude Era's late 90s, early 2000s? Distinct... I'm, Oh. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely a distinct uh, difference. So I don't typically, a lot of times when I go back and watch stuff on network, I do, <clears throat> I, I pretty much start about like 94, 95. Okay. Because it's more just like when I remember. But sure. like when I do watch the older stuff, um, there's definitely a distinct difference. And I mean, we were kind of just talking about it when we were talking about like uh, Andre's match and mm-hmm. Hogan, how <clears throat> the matches were more spectacle based. You know, they weren't, you know, 60-minute Iron Man, Bret Hart, and Shawn Michaels matches, you know. Right. They they were definitely more spectacle-based. Yeah. Um, I felt like, I don't know why, but I feel like something about the way they filmed it back then, it, like, it looked grander. It, it, yeah. Did, can I, you guys, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah okay, absolutely. all right. Like, like, I don't know, it's like that wide shot of, like, Hogan and Andre going at it. It's like, I've never seen that in the future with, like, other you know, wrestling matches. It's like, it just looked bigger. It looked, yeah. I, mean, I don't even know how to describe it. And it's even real. if they have an arena with only 10,000 people in it, they have a way yeah. to take those shots of cameras and make it look like it's in front of the entire world mm-hmm. and then just kind of zoom in and see yeah. and like, you're in the crowd, but now you're yeah. in the ring. 
Well, and I, I, I think you actually did describe it, um, uh, Big Ugly. Uh, you, know, you said spectacle. Yeah. yeah. And back then, that's what it was, because these were larger than life characters, yeah. as opposed to professional wrestlers. You right. Know? So, like, and now. Yes, yeah, see, see, there it is. That, that yeah, yeah, the yeah. So, like, and they looked, do it like three times a yeah, match. It just looked grand. And right. Just, yeah. Plus, plus the spectacle, like, there were only four pay per views. So you didn't yeah. see it every single week, you know, like you see now where it's, you got. Content on Raw, top of content. You've got NXT, you've got SmackDown, you've got it's just nonstop. So the yeah. spectacle part of it's kind of lost, even yeah. for the pay-per-views yeah. now. Yeah. So um, I think I think that's the biggest thing. It's just you know it was character based, it was a spectacle, and it was it was it was something new and different. You know, every time it came on because you didn't see it that often. Yeah, so. and and the in-ring work is really, especially in the WWE, was more. I mean, there was a lot of decent in-ring work or in-ring entertainment, as it were. But it was secondary to what they were building and how they were building it and where. Yeah, because it was all about the stories. All about then. the stories, and almost everything had a story. Just about they yeah. had a couple of th- I want to say throwaway matches, but they really weren't. Those matches were actually pretty good because you have story, story, and you come down. Story, story, then you come down. You know, and even those matches were entertaining. Right. You know, what was it? Uh, earthquake and freaking Coco Beware or something like that. It's the it's the little guy against the big guy. There's no story whatsoever, but you want to see the little guy run around and try to get away from the earthquake, and then the earthquake ends up squashing him. Yeah. And, you know, but... And this is also when they had WrestleMania six. There were 14 matches on that pay-per-view, and they got it done in four hours. That's impressive. And this match, Hogan and <laughs> right. Warrior, from beginning to end, entrances to, to fireworks was over 30 minutes. So, and you had a couple of matches on this card that were longer. Jake the Snake and the Million Dollar Man yeah. had a match. Um, and it went almost 30. But a lot of these other matches, three, four minutes. But they got the... But and they, also the entrance being 80 yards long. Right. That's another thing. But they, they were able to tell their story in three or four minutes. Yeah. Like now, now when you look at the product, it's how many high spots can you do in three or four minutes? Yeah, it right, doesn't yeah. tell any kind of story, right. Right, sadly. So, so the product has uh, definitely evolved yeah. uh, from a lot. I mean, and we're, we're talking 89 to 90 to the, when Big Ugly started watching in the late 90s, early 2000. But now, 2020, so much content and so much stuff. Now, when you look at, I don't know if, if you had a chance to, you probably did, CM Funk. Uh, late 80s, early 90s, when NWA was changing into WCW, that was, there were stories, but they were kind of fueled by the in-ring action. Over there, you had 60-minute Ironmans yeah, uh, and long matches where there was only an hour of television, but you had two matches, and they lasted the whole time. Well, I mean, you just go back to, to 1989, since we're kind of Let's talking, do it. talking this couple years. 89. In 1989, three, what most people consider, or wrestling purists consider, three of the greatest matches ever, mm-hmm. Steamboat versus Flair happened in 89. Yes, all three of them. And yep. if you've never had a chance to see Steamboat and Flair mm. in, in their trilogy in 89, go watch. Mm-hmm. You can watch any one of the three and you're going to be fascinated by it because it's pure wrestling. It's two of the best in-ring performers of all time. Yeah, you know? and they tell and, three long stories and they're different every time. Right, but it was... they And they were able to tell a story still like WWF would have done back in the day, but... They were able to back it up in the ring as well and just enhance the story because of the ring work, mm-hmm. you know. So it was 
definitely two different uh, products that you had going on back then. Which which was nice where you had, and they weren't on top of each other. It wasn't anything like the Monday Night War. Everybody had their own specific time slot so everybody could get watched. And they did. I mean, WWE obviously was watched on more of a mass scale. And WCW and WA was more of a southern, you know, kind of a territorial kind of feel. But it still was there. Yep. Superstation, WTBS, 6.05 p.m. p.m. How about that? Yep. Um, but anyway, it's... Uh, it's it definitely, and, and they evolved in the product now, and we talk about this almost on every single podcast where the difference in content and the difference in the evolution of the product, but it's still, there's something to watch. There's always something to watch. Case in point, um, I don't know, Big Ugly, did you get a chance to see or hear anything about the TLC pay-per-view last night? Yes, I saw a few matches. Unfortunately, I was out when it first came on, okay. but from like 9 o'clock till the end, which I think I caught. It was like the. Uh, well, you caught. The, I caught Reigns. I caught. I pretty much caught Reigns and Owens. And Owens and then uh, Fiend and. Okay, and so you Morgan. caught the big stuff. So now, yeah. you we're, let's talk about the content in those two matches since you watched those. Now, you know, CM Funk and myself, we were we were checking it out. I think the action in the Reigns Owens match. Reigns Owens. Yes. Right? Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. The action was great and. Um, you know, I, I do think there was a, a lot of creativity, and they worked very hard, and it took a while. And then, of course, you have the Firefly Funhouse Inferno, which was set up to be a TV spectacle, all, you know, all in itself, um, which you, he he lit the fiend on fire. I mean, it was a body double or of something. Course. But he literally lit a human well, well, being well, on yeah, fire. The fiend was on fire at first. Yeah. Literally. Right. Yeah, Bray Wyatt was on fire. Well, he was on fire because he got pushed back with that yeah, jacket yeah. and the thing, and he was yeah. on fire, and he sold it, and then he got up. Yeah. So I mean, so t- 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 what do you think about that product? What do you think about those two matches in and of itself? Where we are today in the Thunderdome so, yeah. in the COVID so era. So listen, Roman Reigns is a gift of wrestling right now. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I have been, I have definitely been enjoying uh, his heel run, uh, and you know the stuff with him and him and his cousin, and just the way he carries everything. I, I enjoyed the match, um, <clears throat> and. Uh, yeah, I thought it was good. I thought the action in the match was good. It, you know, it was what it was. It was a ladder match. Good. Um, the Fiend and Orton, I actually had hoped that it would be one of those cinema matches. Really? Yeah. Um, Just like we watched at WrestleMania. Yeah, because I, I, oh, I didn't know how they were going to pull this off in the ring. Like, it seemed like, right. like a wacky concept. Sure. It, <clears throat> and, I mean, essentially, to me, all it was was just fire every time they, like, slammed each other, bump, yeah. right? It's like it's like uh, the Kane Undertaker okay. Inferno thing. It's like yeah. you know, okay, whatever. Um, but uh, I, I don't. I, I was wondering, like, if the story behind the burning of the Fiend was that, like, you're burning a character, like the Fiend is dead, and like Bray Wyatt's moving on to some other character in the next year, or is the Fiend going to rise from? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I was, I guess, I'm trying to figure that. Part out, which I guess that's what Raw is for. That's <laughs> what Raw and SmackDown yeah. are for to, to help further the next part yeah. of the story. But I mean, the match itself was just like I mean, it was just okay. I, I didn't. It was a, it was more for the uh, the the fire and the spectacle. Yeah, I think that, that. Yeah, that's pretty much what it was. To me, it felt like the match was just to get to sure that shocking moment of Bray Wyatt being on fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it was less. So we that's what we were talking about. It's like, well, we got the title match. It's a TLC, and that's the main pay per view. But that's not less. So you got the obviously there's going to be something big that happens with this fire. Thing. So I mean, but what do you guys think about like they burned a man on live TV, right? So that's like, 
That's what, pretty what do you think about that? That's pretty ugly. Well, I feel like Randy Orton should get arrested tonight on Raw. <laughs> I mean, if they're going to... You know. I mean, yeah, he committed a, a huge I mean, crime there. I, I mean, unless you're going to say that the Fiend doesn't really exist and it's not a true human being, you know, so maybe that's how they get around it. I, I don't know. It, it, it's interesting to see what they'll kind of do, how they'll play it out, but... Um, I'll be honest, I actually enjoyed the uh, Firefly Inferno match a lot more than I thought I was going to. Hmm. So, um, And I thought it was interesting the way they did it because it was almost cinematic because you knew that it was recorded prior to the rest of the live event because the live event, you know, you could tell the difference. Yeah, so. it definitely. Um, but um, I actually really enjoyed I actually enjoyed that more than the Owens-Reigns yeah. match. And, like, it doesn't seem like... And it seems like everybody else enjoyed the Owens-Reigns match a whole lot more, but... Uh, just me. I don't know. It was a it was a good match. I mean, uh, and both of them were good for different reasons, obviously. Um, but uh, it's uh, I think they got to do something like that once in a while. I mean, I thought I mean, they did it on SmackDown where uh, Randy Orton put the Fiend in a coffin or something backstage, lit that on fire, and then the Fiend or actually did it to Bray Wyatt. I'm sorry, and then the Fiend got out of the co- burning coffin. So they're giving more of these TV. Uh, special effects kind of things that they 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 doing, but it's I, go ahead. I'll, I'll tell you, I, I I will say this though for the fiend, like I feel like the matches that he's had this year in this calendar year have been much more in line with the character than what they were sure. prior to this, where they were like you know with like the Seth Rollins um was the Hell in a Cell or whatever with the giant mallet thing, and they were trying to say that they smashed his head and all that kind of thing. You know, it was like like that was corny and just I mean, you know, Scary. it didn't didn't make any sense. Right, right. You know, but like the swamp, um, you know, uh, swamp match that he had with Braun Strowman, mm-hmm. that, like that made sense. You know, this made sense. It just it feels more like the Fiend character as yeah. opposed to putting him in as Bray Wyatt in a match and, right. in some sort of corny, you know, rules or whatever. By the way, Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch had their baby since the last time we talked yeah. as well. Yeah, congratulations. Uh, so congratulations to them. What's it? Rue or something like that? or Rhoda? Ruda? Rue? I think it's Rue. Like Rue. R-H-U-E or something. Oh, Rue. Uh, Rue. Like Rochambeau. Yeah. R-O-U-X. Like you put a little flour and butter and cream in it and you what make a little roux you know for oh uh, i get it i was like what are you talking about (laughs) yeah sorry (laughs) no you're fine i I got hungry there for a minute but (laughs) um and and, and my feeling this and i think i told you boys this uh maybe you know 24 hours after the baby was born vince was on the horn hey pal both of them hey pal how you doing when you coming back to work (laughs) you can do it So you never know. We could see them in the uh, Royal Rumble. Uh, Both of them. All three of them. All three of them. Jesus. <laughs> wow. I mean, anything's possible with this new, you know. By, by the way, if the baby's in the Royal Rumble, I'm taking the baby because who's throwing a baby over right, the top yeah. of <laughs> Just saying. Gene you know. Snitsky's going to be in the Royal Rumble <laughs> and pump the baby into the Thunderdome. That's what's going to happen. Um. Anyway. Let me uh, give a shout-out. We should get close to a break, right, I think? Big Ugly, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But let me let me throw a shout-out to the 2020 contributors uh, and guests to the uh, Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. We mentioned Satomi Hoffman. We have Ed Stilk. Um, we have the Supremacy Summit, so all the boys from the Supremacy who got back involved, which is great. Uh, Michael Spedden, of course. And uh, we talked to Mason Walls. How about that? Uh, we talked about Vinny Versace. We talked to Jesse O'Ryan. And uh, we talked to uh, several different people here. Uh, fitness trainer Sam Brooks, you know, we got back back into that. And then at Royal Rumble, we had Siler Mason uh, watching it with us. So, you know, and, and all, everybody who listens and contributes and comments, and, and we, we just thank you all getting us to 90 episodes on our way to 100. 
And uh, in the next part of the podcast, we're going to talk more about we got uh, war games that just happened for NXT, AEW Full Gear and Dynamite, and the return of Sting. Did I do that all right? It was okay. That was all like right. a Tony Schiavone kind of thing. It was, it was close. Yeah. Um, you know, Survivor Series. We didn't talk about that at all, and we still have to talk about 1989, 1990. Big Ugly. You got a Hall of Fame list. Um, yeah. which we can talk about. But it's, it's just great to hang out with you guys, and it's, it's been a while. In the penthouse now. And so let's take a short break, and uh, we'll be right back with more of the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. We are back again on, yes, on the, you said finally last time, on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Once again, my name is Dirty Mike. I'm the Big Ugly. And we are joined once again in the penthouse for the very first time, all three of us, by CM Funk. That is correct. And having a grand old time here, a couple days before Christmas and a couple days before New Year's, I guess, and uh, just everybody... Use caution. Be safe. Wear a mask. Stay away from people. Don't go to parties because God, these COVID numbers are just going to keep going up. We got a vaccine now, um, and it's getting distributed. So let's let let's let that do what it needs to do, please. And uh, you know, then support your small businesses by ordering online and order and takeout and curbside and everything else. So just uh, do all that. Pro wrestling. Pro wrestling. We had the Survivor Series. I don't remember much about it. I could go into my Google machine, but we were just talking about this content moving so fast, I can barely remember what happened last night at TLC, <laughs> right. to be perfectly honest with so, you. So, I have a question about TLC. Go for it. Uh, this part I did not see. So, I remember it was supposed to be Asuka and Lana versus the tag champ. Correct. Yes. How the hell did Charlotte end up in that mix? Uh, so, they, they wrote Lana off on Raw after Lana pinned Nia Jax clean. Yeah. I, I remember that, yes. They wrote her off as getting injured by Shayna Baszler. Shayna oh. did, did the arm stomp thing that yes. she does. Yes, I, I remember saying that, yes. Rumor is that Lana may actually have a real injury. Yeah. So it kind of played out, but my guess is that's probably not the case. So, uh, you know, so they they needed to replace Lana, and Charlotte. what better way to do that, you know, than with uh, the queen, so. Yeah, and let me tell you about something about Lana. Uh, she's been getting pushed to the moon. Yeah. Um, and after Rusev left and went to AEW. Um, so, and Lana is actually holding her own. I agree. I gotta say, <laughs> I didn't expect it, but no. she's holding her own. And, um, you know, the women's division on the top two shows, yeah, it's all right. I mean, I, and we did notice Charlotte Flair had a little bit of a reduction. Um, she yeah. had a little bit of uh, yeah, little, a little bit more athleticism and a little less chesticles. Yeah. <laughs> she she um, definitely was not getting her, in the way of herself anymore. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so you know we've got Charlotte back, and so it's just a matter of time before she gets into some kind of main event title storyline, just because that's what she does. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's how they got to Charlotte on that one, and the rest of the pay per view was okay. It was more of a glorified Monday Night Raw or Friday Night SmackDown, but it wasn't bad. Has the women's division missed Charlotte? Do you think? Huh. I I think yes, only that Oscar doesn't have a legitimate singles challenger. Right. Um. You know, I think Shane or Nia maybe could have been put into that position instead of the tag team titles, but they needed someone to actually hold the women's tag team titles and make those legitimate. So. Yes. Yeah. Which is uh, the last was Bailey and Sasha that right. actually did that. So. So oh, the Iconics. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, but you know what I mean. So is there a lack of female talent? 
pool currently. Not a lack. It's just a lack of what they're choosing to put on television. I think there's a lack on Raw, yes. Yeah, they need to divvy it out a little bit better. SmackDown's not bad. NXT's women's division's awesome. Right. And they, yeah, NXT women's division has never had an issue. No, no, no. I mean, they just had war games, and they had four on four. So you and and all eight competitors are legitimate superstars. Yeah, you know. So um, any one or two of them moving up to the Raw roster would instantly give Raw yeah. more credit. Which makes you think why people like Ember Moon come back, and it's mm-hmm. like why send her to NXT when you're lacking yeah. on your main shows. Yeah. Unless they really want to keep the focus on NXT with the women's division, and they know that that's right. one of their strong points, you know, right. and and Raw is just more about the WWE title, you know, right? Because right. nobody cares about the tag team titles because there's only two tag teams in Raw or right. Raw, so right, you know, and then they they broke up a tag team, like you know, right. with yeah. iconic, so yeah, yeah. But, but the Hurt Business won the tag team titles. And, and I bet they'll face the New Day again. I bet they'll do it tonight because there's nobody else left to wrestle, so it's that's well, it. on Monday Night Raw. Oh. Yeah. Uh, what's it? Street Profits on SmackDown, I think. They're the street. Uh, they're the. So why, sure, not, why not? So so then that makes me think about. I guess I'm thinking about you know this. It's like you had a team with the Forgotten Sons, but you broke them up, had them come up individually when there was a tag team right there to bring up. You know, it, it's like you haven't you have these divisions, but you don't have anybody. You don't have the Usos right now. Um, you know, you lost the revival. Heavy machinery got broken. Heavy up. machinery got yeah, broken yeah, up. Yeah. It's like it's like you're breaking up tag team. It's like you can't afford to break up a tag team right now. <laughs> I think the, so, just the tag team that they're, they're not. There's Vince really never had a big focus on tag teams as it was to begin with. So I mean, and he's still back, you know, running the show somewhat. So you know, I think I think you gotta use enhancements of tag teams. Then. I would hope so. That's what yeah, you should you do. Need to start bringing them. In. They were doing enhancement talent for a while. Yeah, I think you gotta start bringing them. In. Yeah, uh, they yeah. were doing it against the Viking Raiders and uh, the. DOA or what it was called, the AOP or whatever it was. Right, Viking Raiders out. One of them was injured, right? Right, one yeah. was injured. So, so yeah, well, I mean, well, yeah, I was kind of thinking about the tag team thing, and like, you know, we're so we're so programmed now to have established tag teams out there, you know, that, yeah. that have a name. You, you know, right. your your New Day, your Hurt Business, whatever. Back in the day, back in the seventies and even the early eighties, and you know, even before that, tag teams were usually just. Guys they put together, like two top stars or right. two mid-card stars they put together, and they didn't have any real history, mm-hmm. and they'd become tag team champions. You know, now, there are exceptions, obviously. I mean, you had, like, the Briscoe brothers, the, the real Briscoes. The real Briscoes. Um, you know, and, and, and other teams back then. But for the most part, it was like, you know, you took you took from column A, you took from column B, made them a tag team because they weren't in the tight, main title picture at the time. Mm-hmm. And also, like, kind of like the Oscar Charlotte thing. Or even the Nia Shana thing, you know, while they're not an established act together, eh, whatever, you got two top tier, you know, wrestlers, you know, Absolutely. put them together and make them a tag team for the time being. So I think they could do that with more of the individual stars. And they've done that somewhat with like uh, Shinsuke and Cesaro yeah. throwing them Dolph together. And rude, right? Dolph and Rude, you know, you know, so, so I think that's out there and all, but. It's unfortunately it's unbalanced right yeah, now. Like right. SmackDown has a bunch of tag teams. NXT has a ton of tag teams. Oh yeah. Raw has two tag teams. Like that's right. it. Like you know. So it's like, yeah. What are you gonna do? You balance gonna do it something. out. Yeah. Have another draft. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> just balance it out. But yeah, I, I think the, and and the tag team wrestling. I, I love the the tag team matches that are physical, 20, 30 minutes long, fast paced. You know, storytelling. And they do a lot of that in AEW now. No matter what it is, if it's an established tag team or not, they have a lot of. Uh, psychologically good tag team wrestling 
Um, I don't think WWE's top tiers, Raw and SmackDown, focus on that so much. They have good matches every now and again, but like I said, their focus is on the WWE Championship or uh, Roman Reigns or Drew McIntyre, wherever the focus is at the top, everything else kind of, I want to say, lacks underneath. Back in the Attitude Era and, and uh, late 90s, early 2000s, everything had importance, and we've talked about this so much, so many times. Everything had importance on every segment of the show. I'd love to get back to that, but it's, it's very not possible with the way things are going right now. No. So, so I like the Hurt Business. Yeah. Um, I feel like, I don't know where, but somewhere along the way, I have not been feeling very uh, enthused about their their rivalries. Mm-hmm. I think it started with Retribution. Oh, yeah, it all did. Yeah, and then even with the New Day. like I, I feel like before when they were like attacking people or they were like going after... Uh, they were trying to get Cedric Alexander to join, and they were going after Ricochet. Like, it was all like good stuff, and when they would invade Raw Underground, you know. Uh, but <laughs> that disappeared quickly. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't know. But this New Day and Hurt business, I, I feel like I don't know. It hasn't really been doing it. Yeah, I mean they had a match last. That was done last night. Yeah, I have a grievance there. Yo, oh, 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 oh boy! Oh. Right. So, <laughs> so I'm sorry, uh, Kofi Kingston. You yeah. guys know I was a huge proponent of the the chat. Absolutely. I feel like, I, all right, so I'm going to set this up with this. Austin, when you listen to Austin, he would talk about how he and like people like Bret Hart, when they would be in the ring, they would work stiff, right? Mm-hmm. And so Austin would say, you know, it's all to protect the business, you know, to make it look legitimate, right? Uh-huh. Like, you really thought Austin was whooping somebody ass, you right. know what I'm saying? I feel like Kofi is like the exact opposite <laughs> of that. Like, none of his stuff feels like it would hurt at all. He like, is. I mean, he is a spectacle. From from his punch <laughs> to his drop kick, it, it just even his trouble in paradise looks like. Yeah, I could probably kick out of that. You know what I'm saying? It's 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 so funny you say that. Watching the tag team match last night on TLC, I thought the exact same thing. Like I watched him go for trouble in paradise, and you know he went to go do that spin kick. It wasn't anywhere even close to like connecting. And even if it had, it wouldn't have. Mattered. It was yeah. like the weakest little thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's that's sad. But he I doesn't lay. He doesn't have that. to lay it in or doesn't lay it in. I I just he does that. Yeah. Work. He just kind of he kind of bounces around the ring and it's just, everything just it's just so light and it's like you got you got to stiffen up. I mean he's been in there a long time so he's probably not going to change his ways at this point. But it's just like it, when he it was makes on that- it look. It's like that kind of stuff makes it look like you shouldn't be a champion if you see what I'm saying. Like you know yes. what I'm saying. Like, and that that has regressed because he when he was on the up and coming to getting the championship, he was laying his stuff in, and people were laying it in on him. So I mean, he was making that believable. The storyline to get up now, uh, he's kind of just going with emotions right now. You yeah. know what I mean? And maybe he's doing it not to get hurt. Maybe I, I don't know, but whatever the case may be, I hear you. And there's a lot of people, not just Kofi Kingston, doing that. If you watch the entire show from beginning to end without fast-forwarding through anything, you'll see a lot of people doing that these days. Um, now, as, as opposed to last night when you saw, I, I think, uh, Drew and AJ and The Miz even were laying them in because uh, The Miz tried to cash in his money in the bank by making it a triple threat ladder match, and he did not win. Yay. So that means he is no longer the money in the bank holder. Um so they, they, they that, all that whole thing was just weird this year. That whole money in the bank, it was just a joke. I 
I, I think I think Otis winning it wasn't such a bad thing. I get I get why people think it's a terrible it was a terrible thing. Yeah. But they didn't ever they didn't, like, do they anything didn't have it. a plan for it once yeah. it happened, and it was like had they it was had just shock value for the pay per view itself. Right. Yeah, that that I agree with. My, why when I say it, it's like it was messed up, it's because of that. It's because you let this person win. Right. It's right. obvious you had nothing, you know, nothing to do with them. You turn it into a gimmick with little lunch boxes, and then out of nowhere, you just decide that you're going to pass it off to the Miz. Which was obvious to fans that it's like you you just didn't want to do anything with Otis at this point, right? right. You know, right. and then it's like you know you give it to Miz and he holds it for a few weeks, and then it's just like all right, let's just hurry up and catch it and get this thing over with, you know, and boom, yeah. you know, yeah. So it was kind of a, a waste, and even though the women's money in the bank, which ended up being a championship in there, said that Becky just ended up giving to Oscar because she was pregnant, right? You know, so I mean, come on now, it's. The Money in the Bank was scheduled to be in the Royal Farms Arena in the Chicken Box. And this was at a time when there was transition from COVID, or at least. So I think they had plans all the way up through something like that. But then they had to scratch everything and turn it into the, what do you call it, uh, the thing where you climb into the top of the building and wrestling on the roof and spectacle. All we were talking about that. And then Climbing the corporate ladder. Climbing the corporate ladder. And then the storyline and the action takes a backseat. I think the Money in the Bank should not be every year. I agree. I think the money in the bank should be like either every other year, every three years, like just some, probably every other year. It, moving it out too far might be a little risky because, you know, wrestlers retire. So, but like every other year or something, because essentially you're doing two of the same thing. You got the Royal Rumble that's guaranteeing you a shot at a title. Right. And then you got the money in the bank. And I feel like because the money in the bank is one of those things where you can cash it in at any time and historically most people end up with the title. Sure. I think that should be one of those things where it's like, every other year, here's the big chance, yeah. you know, to catch this thing in whenever you want, you yeah. know. It's not every year. Do, do the money in the bank, like, do one year do the men's, do the next year be the women. There you yeah. go. And there you flip go. It. That, that way you still have the spectacle of the money in the bank, but... You're like right. You're you're not. I don't have a raw and a smackdown. Make sure everything's combined. So if you grab the briefcase, you go anywhere you want, anytime you want, any show you want, and take whatever title. So you're watching every show, and you don't know who's going to show up ever. Right, right, right. That's going to make you want to tune in for both. That's right. Right. And not as often. I like it. Let's write. Let's write to Vince and let's tell him. Let's see what he says. Now I, I got a little, little something. Damn it. So the word retribution was brought up on retribution. Yeah. There and all, you know, um, that was a mistake. It was, but <laughs> it's it's okay because <laughs> well, I got a point, and this may be the only time I will ever put retribution in a positive spin. So okay, so the essence of retribution was to come in and tear WWE down from the inside, right? You know, they were gonna they're gonna tear the man down. Well, Raw's ratings have been tanking yeah. forever since retribution came on, so. Are they actually succeeding in what they're doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, they turn that yeah. into a storyline and say, we've done exactly what we did. This is the third show out of the three. We right. tore this place down. Nobody likes this show, and it's all our fault. Why not? Just use their own, uh, you know, play play against themselves. You use. Uh, I agree with you. I like it, and I feel bad for Ali because he is doing his darndest to try to make this thing work. And he's and, really talented too. Yeah, and there's just nothing. Yeah. Anyway, okay, that was. If nothing. he didn't get injured before he was getting his push, before maybe this whole retribution thing may not have ever happened. Maybe he were they were they on TLC card? No, no, they weren't on the pre-show. They weren't on nothing. Oh, I mean, I, I, they should just drop. It. Drop it like uh, they lose every match. It's a second, it's a third hour yeah. raw, yeah. a filler. That's all it is. But yeah, they don't need it. They're, 
They're busy trying to get Ricochet to join them. That's their story. That's the right thing now. now. And yeah. that's the damn so first shame. So the Hurt Business now, Retribution. No, no, it's a damn yeah. shame okay. for Ricochet because he's talented too, so he doesn't need to be in that third tier tour storyline either. Well, actually he does because he needs a mouthpiece. And uh, Yeah, but not them. I don't know. Ali would be a good mouthpiece. Uh, but just Ali, not Retribution, just Ali, just Ricochet together. Leo Rush back. He'd be a good mouthpiece. Leo Rush. Better. What about Leon Ruff? How, how big of a dig is that in NXT, having a guy named Leon Ruff? And he's a black guy who, <laughs> small. who's small, who runs around, and he won the North American title. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. They, they had a Leon Ruff. I'm like, that's not his name. Actually, Leo Rush, now that I'm thinking about it, talking about tag teams, Leo Rush and Ricochet can make a good tag team. They sure could. Leo Rush being good on the mic. For both of them, I think that there would be good. That's what tag teams yeah. should be. You should have two different type and style of guys, and you got one that can help build up the other one way, and then vice versa. Normally, you've got one mouthpiece, you've got one powerhouse, you've got one uh, high fly. You know what I mean? Yeah. The Hart Foundation, Bret Hart was the technical guy, and uh, Jim the Anvil was uh, the big guy, the power guy, and Jim the Anvil was like short and st- out on the microphone and Brett was not the greatest on the microphone but he was better you know what I mean so things like that now, now you got tag teams that are like the young bucks these these two could be interchangeable but they both can talk they both can work they both can move um, and so well, see the, the young bucks fall in the line of rock and roll express rockers the rockers yeah. the hardy boys sure you know, so yeah, so that that works too. Which happens. I mean, right. that works for a time, but I mean, with uh, with legitimate tag team wrestling, which we were talking about. And why don't we, um, since I mentioned it, why don't we switch gears to AEW for a minute? Um, they still have live people at Daly's place every Wednesday night, all social distanced um, in Florida. There, Sting made his return. Sting signed a huge contract with AEW, and uh, came out in the black robe and the, and the crow makeup and with the bat, and he didn't say anything the first week. Which was cool. He talked way too much the second week, which means he <laughs> opened his mouth. And he was having like, hey, Tony, come on, give me a hug. But I'm like, that's not Sting. No, Sting says nothing. But um, and we still don't know what he's doing there or if he's going to wrestle or if he's going to be a, something for Darby Allen. We don't know yet. But it's good to see him. It's great nostalgia. And he does add something, uh, that main event status person. I, I, I still I, love it. Look, I will. He talked. I don't like it, but I love I, Sting. Sting is in my top three of all-time favorite wrestlers. He will, I will <clears throat> pop for him every time he comes out on stage. Yeah. And and to hear Tony Schiavone say it's Sting like he used to in the WCW he days. Did. Oh man, I'm tearing up right now. As <laughs> uh, for for all of our viewers yeah. at home, I'm tearing yeah. up. Yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah. I, I loved it, and I still like everything pretty much AEW's doing, everything with the Inner Circle and Jericho and MJF, and it's all very good. Everything with the Dark Order and uh, what they're doing with all those storylines, everything with Team Taz. They got factions, real factions that yes. are actually making a difference. Yes. Um, and the matches are pretty much, I say 9 out of 10, are all very good action matches. And they did the right thing. Now they got Kenny Omega as the, the world champion or as the heavyweight champion. And now they are doing handshake deals where they're trying to build up Impact Wrestling on AXS TV. So Kenny Omega with, uh, what's his name? Don Callis. Thank you. You're who right. runs Impact Wrestling, one right. of them. Right. Going over to Impact Wrestling with the AEW title. Mm. Uh, so it's there's like handshake deals happening all over the place. Right. AEW's been working with NWA yep. and uh, working with Impact now. I mean, it's great. Like, this is, this is what <clears throat> wrestling should be. Like, you know, I mean... I get it. The WWE is what they are. You know, they're the conglomerate. They're the corporate. You know, they're going to be their own thing. But for the rest of the promotions out there, 
use each other, use yeah. each other's talent, band Build together, up, you know, like and and make yourselves bigger, you know. So and they're still they're having fun doing it. They're all enjoying each other and themselves. AEW has a wealth of talent. They have a an internet show called on YouTube called Dark where they have like fifteen matches with everybody that's not working on <laughs> AEW Dynamite or on the pay per views. And, and they're actually building storylines <clears throat> more yeah. on their little minor YouTube uh, show too, which I mean, which is fantastic because you don't see that on WWE programming. Yeah. So. You know that explain. I didn't know that they were working with the other promotions, they are. and that explains why Triple H recently, I guess he was asked about if WWE would be willing to work with, you know, other promotions, and you know he said that they were open, but I didn't know where that line of questioning came from. Yeah, but now I know because because yeah. uh, we're seeing it with it. other yep. yeah because uh, but I mean because if I'm not mistaken, WWE has done this in the past, right? Like they said, handshake deals with ECW and stuff, right? right like yeah. they ECW, would, they would uh, all Japan or New Japan, Smoky Mountain, Smoky, Smoky Mountain, Mountain, Mountain. Yeah. Yeah. Ohio so, Valley, like, all yeah. these people. Back in the day, it seemed like Vince was more open to that stuff, right? Um, well, yeah, because he knew he needed to get talent from somewhere else. It wasn't going to be NXT grown or anything like that. They didn't have any performance centers. He needed to go and find new talent yeah. other places. Well, right. I mean, even recently, <clears throat> I mean, they, they had a, a deal with Evolve. Now they yeah. they bought Evolve. Evolve no longer. Exist. Evolve right. is now devolved. I guess, but, uh, you know, but still, they they have mm-hmm. been kind of working, but not to the same extreme or the same level as right. like uh, AEW and Impact, like two of yeah. the major promotions. Yeah. And they're becoming major, and they're making themselves known. And it's great. I mean, I don't know if they'll ever beat WWE in every single category that they would have competition on, but it is a viable alternative, and it's now... I I love watching it all week, every week. You you know, we we, want to go back to that Monday Night Wars time. You know, Now it's the Wednesday Night Wars. Wednesday Night Wars. But I don't want AEW to beat WWE. Like, there's no need to beat them. Yeah. Just be competitive. Just have your product on every week. That's all that needs to happen. And be competitive. Competitive doesn't mean you need to win, but WWE has lost that competitive drive a long time ago. Right, but just go and play your show. WWE is losing the Wednesday Night War. Yeah, 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 right. And and that's up against their best show, NXT. Like you know, they're losing their best show. Like it's. And there's so, a lot of things yeah. I say, and NXT, a lot of things are good. Good things are happening on NXT, uh, with titles, with storylines, a lot of good things, with action in the ring, all good stuff. So check out NXT when you can. It's a beautiful thing. We're watching right now on the uh, the best of WWE. That was WrestleMania 31 in uh, Silicon Valley, California, and uh, this was this was sick. Was this 2015, right? Ah, uh, this was WrestleMania 31, so it was five years ago. So yes, yeah, 15. Yeah. Um, yeah this is the Seth Rollins running. This is the yeah, Seth Rollins, Rollins running. Running, yeah. yeah. This is the one where he, he uh, faced Randy Orton early in the night, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, lost. The, the, lost. Match and lost. Yeah, the, RKO. To the biggest RKO, RKO ever. off of the curb stone. Yeah. 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 And this, is, this is probably the last time the money in the bank uh, uh, cash-in was like actually worth it. Yep. And it was it was beautiful. And and the first match of the night was a lot. That's hard way. He busted himself open hard way right there. Um, Brock Lesnar. And it, uh, there was a ladder match. First match out of the gate, Daniel Bryan won the Intercontinental Championship. And, and that was... Uh-huh. Pretty good. And the Hardys returned on this one too, right? No, no, that was uh, in Orlando. Uh, that was Orlando. The following year. Yeah. yeah. Oh, two years later, actually. Oh, no, this was uh, DX against the NWS. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Stick Early Sting. in the day. I yes. marked the hell out for yeah. that. Oh, Sting's yeah. Sting only WrestleMania appearance, and yeah. Sting went into the Hall of Fame that weekend. And why Triple H couldn't let Sting go over is beyond me. So. I, I don't know. We probably talked about that. Did Sting go? Yeah, and Kevin Nash went in too. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All of the NWO out there. Scott Hall took his uh, famous uh, Razor's Edge backdrop bump yeah. after being sober for only like two days. <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah. And X-Pac was out. Everybody yeah, was out everybody, there, man. Yeah. 
Every, every single one in all the NWO, all the DX. This yep. was the Triple uh, H yeah, Terminator entrance. Yes, it was. Oh, uh, right. Yeah. That, was, that was Terminator Genesis was and coming the, out uh, at that point. And uh, Rusev <coughs> Rusev in the tank. Oh, yeah. my God. The Rock was four entrance. Appar- apparently, Rusev and Lana um, enjoyed time with each other in the tank. Uh, that just came out this really? recently. Yeah, a little story. Wow. <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah, so... Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, this was a. I mean, this was a, this was an overall decent WrestleMania. This yeah, was mean, a good yeah. one. Yeah, I, you know, I think I remember. I remember a lot of WrestleMania because it was weird that most of it was in the daytime. Because it, it was, yeah, 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 was yeah, it was because yeah, it was yeah. four o'clock. Yeah, because yeah. I, I was there actually, yeah. and it was daytime most of the time. And they actually stalled a little bit before the Undertaker Bray and Wyatt, Wyatt match yeah. to get the jump. <laughs> trying to get the, yeah. yeah. Was this yeah. the pre-show with um, where Mojo Rawley won the? Uh, Battle Royal with Rob Gronkowski's Yes, help. yes. Yeah. Gronk was there. Yeah. And I think this was also... This the was Stephanie McMahon and Ronda Rousey. Ronda right? Rousey, yeah, right. yep. Mm-hmm. And The Rock. And The Rock, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, good right stuff. Yeah. And, and uh, the beautiful stadium, I think this was my like most uh, comfortable WrestleMania experience. I mean, there's 80,000 people there, but the, the stadium was beautiful. Entrances and exits, I like travel to and from. And this is also where... Uh, I uh, when the money in the bank uh, when Seth Rollins happened I actually made my way towards the exit because everybody else was standing up so I was watching as I was leaving um, and I actually got out pretty quickly I got on the, the subway or whatever it was and Rob Van Dam was on that subway oh um, true yep because he was backstage you know hanging out with her and then I was watching the little uh, exit show on my uh, phone trying to anyway on WWE Network and Rob Van Dam was up there and he actually leaned over and said what you watching <laughs> just kidding because you know he was, and he was uh, he was a little high I probably no, no, I, no a little I, thing I, I can't believe him no, yeah, no, no offense to Rob Van Dam but by the way not, I've never heard anything about that before with him. but it was funny because I got out pretty quick because everybody was still glued to their seats and standing up when the money in the bank but as soon as that music hit I'm like okay I know what's going to happen so I'm going to watch it on my way out which I did I saw it all um, but I was I was sitting pretty close so I had to get out of had to get out of there yeah, I enjoyed this wrestle. This was a good. It was. Yeah, this I, was I enjoyed a good it. One. Yeah. There's not a lot of WrestleManias that you can think of from beginning to end that were overall good and entertaining. This was actually the, one of them. Couple yeah. of dry spots, but yeah, the pop for Seth Rollins at this point huge, absolutely yeah. incredible. Yeah. Like, and nobody expected it either, yeah. right? Because they were all focused on why Roman Reigns is getting a championship match and he doesn't deserve it yet. But as soon as this happens, like, oh yeah, beautiful, gotta know it. And it happened. This his match happened two and a half hours ago, so you don't remember, right? And look, Mike Kyoto didn't have a completely uh, baby-sized pregnancy <clears throat> gut at that time. Yeah, no, yeah, it wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad. He was getting a lot of uh, energy in this match. A lot of, a lot of folks. But yeah, I mean, this was a great cash in. And like you're like wait like you're expecting him to go after Brock and he's like nope I'm nope. going after Roman and it's smart he's kicking one out of the ring because he got to beat the other so he's making right. it a triple threat nobody's ever done that and then he's gonna go after Brock because Brock's the one that's hard weight and Brock's the one that's beat up even more and he's just curb stomping him well curb yeah he before wait, they who, do, who does he pin he pins Reigns right? yeah he yeah. pins Reigns okay. because Brock never loses the title that's right. the story that's there. the story right yep. Brock's never lost a title like several times. <laughs> well, actually, until uh, until the last live WrestleMania that we were at, and Seth beat him. In, yeah, like, that's ten, it. In like ten. That was seconds. the one. Well, yeah. And then he pinned Reigns. Yep. Two, three. Huge pop. 
Great fireworks show. He's a heel all the way, but he's getting a pop. And, right. he, and it's also one of those holy crap moments. Yeah. That's because it, yeah, that's, they, this is during the time where everybody hated Reigns. Like, right. Hardcore. Nobody wanted Reigns to be yeah, in the main event at WrestleMania. Yeah. Like, at that point, and it, you know. When just just last year, everybody wanted him to win the Royal Rumble. Right. 2014. Right. <laughs> One year later, everyone hates him. <laughs> yep, they screwed that up. And, and we talked about this, too, recently, Sam Funk. The, the, the impact of the live crowd... On the storylines, on the television angles, on everything with people getting cheered and booed. Now everything's canned, and the, uh. Vince can pretty much control the destiny of who's going to be heel and face. You know, he's he's controlling. Like if you want somebody to be disliked, you're going to boo them with your canned boo, and and you're you want somebody to get cheered, you're going to give them chance. And ah, uh, and and I did hear it a lot last night in TLC where it's just. It's monotone. It's not like peaks and valleys yeah, where somebody's getting popped in. It's nonstop piped in crowd noise, and it's like yeah. that's, it's not natural. It's like, like playing the damn video game, right? It's like a video <clears throat> game, and and you know I get it. Using it at the right times is great, but to just have it constant, just to have it is yeah. it's just too much. Like somebody should be controlling that, and and yeah. maybe work a little bit with the story. I don't know, but it's I love. The fact that now... You know, we just completely just started watching WrestleMania like we were not just in the middle of a podcast. <laughs> I was thinking about that. I was trying to get it back to the podcast. So, I mean, we've watched... Sorry. Sorry, folks. Yeah. Dirty yeah. Folk Wrestling you listeners. want to watch WrestleMania... And now here's your... Uh, here's the favorite right here. Oh, yeah, man. Rock and Hogan from WrestleMania 18. Right so, right there. It's right, right, there. right here yeah. in the podcast poker room. Yeah. Uh, or or in the uh, the outcode, whatever we're gonna call this. I don't even. We're gonna maybe this is the Thunderdome. So I, I mean, you know, thinking about what you were saying about uh, the crowd noise. So yeah. I mean, do you think that they should use like the I guess the crowd noise when people aren't really make like that ambient crowd noise when people are down? I, I have, just don't have any noise. Period. I, 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 I think it should be. <clears throat> Volume down. I want them to have crowd noise when there would actually be reactions to what's going okay. on in the in the ring. Yeah, but they they constantly have like cheering or booing going on, even when nothing's going on. Yeah, right. on. it's like you I never have that on a natural you yeah. know uh, show. Yeah. So that happened in this match though, Rock and Hogan, because there was never a quiet. Oh moment. no, this one was constant. Yeah, this was which was his, awesome. This was his. The reactions in this, the crowd reactions in this were... So I think there's a lot that's getting... It was just as much a part of the match. Oh, God, Overall experience, yeah. Yeah. Watching it. Yeah. I I was... The the match itself was actually really good, good, too. Yeah, it is. Considering who was in it, and you're like, my God. Yeah, a 50-year-old Hogan, and you know, I mean, it's like... Anyway, sorry. Sorry, again, folks, we apologize. And it was Uh, interesting how, uh, you know, Rock did get over, but then ended up leaving for Hollywood, so it's not like the torch was passed or anything. This was a one-time spectacle thing. Well, two-time, it happened again later, but it didn't have the same effect. And I mean, so you have to give Hogan props. I mean, I think everybody does. He's Hogan. But it's like, here's a guy like we've been talking about that isn't necessarily the greatest technical worker, but he's had so many great... Memorable matches. Right. He you understands know? what story needs to be told yeah. and what he needs to do to tell it. Right. And it doesn't need necessarily mean he's the most athletic. Never means he's the most athletic. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, he faced you know <sighs> faced The Rock. He faced Shawn Michaels. He faced yeah all these young guys. Um, but I tell you, this this is why right. like I love wrestling. And wrestling today, I don't know if we're making the same kind of memories today as we were before. But what I'll remember from 2020 is COVID. And the fact that we had a WrestleMania that was too big for one night, 
that was in the performance center in front of nobody. Yeah. You know, um, I'll remember that, and I'll remember. You know, we had you know several podcasts, and we were talking about COVID every time. But this is this is the year. I mean, we went, and I was talking about that. We went to the elimination chamber three days before quarantine started, <laughs> and we were yeah. in the suite yeah. that was we too were. sweet. Luckily, we I were was around. Just somebody about that, yeah. yeah, we were around twelve people as opposed to twelve thousand people. Uh, and we had yeah, own, an extra person in there. Yeah, Dan, well, yeah, yeah, extra freaking <laughs> person who got snuck in somehow. It's all right. I'll, still, I'll, stay, I'll still take the all-inclusive beer and uh, you know food that was. Oh uh, uh, yeah, man, that was, was a beautiful great. thing. Yeah, yeah it, was it was great, fantastic. The Wells Fargo Center or whatever it's called. I guess that's it. Yeah. Uh, Philly. Yeah. But uh, no, we had a good time, and uh, we were also at the last live full WrestleMania. We and we we are such bad luck. It's us. WWE. <laughs> <laughs> it's our fault. Yeah. Us and uh, Jason Tucker and uh, Frock Lesnar. Yeah. Justin Jason Tucker. Can we talk about the NFL for just a minute? Sure. I mean, I mean, we just stopped and watched WrestleMania. We did. So, so <laughs> we went on our own tangent. This, this yeah. is the way this 2020 is going yeah, on. Right. This podcast. Yeah. Let's just go over. Yeah. Forget it. Let's just talk about the uh, the explosive and dominant AFC, where there's going to be teams that are 11 and five that aren't going to make the playoffs. And let's talk about the NFC, where there's going to be teams barely at 500, if less, mm-hmm. making the playoffs and winning divisions. <laughs> um, yeah, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the Jets winning their first game in the entire season and everybody downplaying them saying you screwed up your draft. Yeah. Um, <laughs> why didn't you just tank yourself and lose? I mean, these are professionally paid athletes. They're paid to play a game. They're paid to win. I don't know. I mean, there's a whole lot of it. But let's, let's talk about what you guys think about now. I know you guys have teams, and your teams are both still viable. Uh, let's start with you and the Dallas Cowboys. Let's start with you, Big Ugly. Yeah, so, so I mean, I don't think we're viable <laughs> candidates for, for the you, playoffs. You I mean, could be, I mean no, could be numbers. You're wise. not mathematically eliminated. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I, I just think that, number one, even in our own division, we are not the best team in our own division. Uh, the Redskins are better than us. You mean the uh, Washington football team? I'm sorry. Who? I am sorry. We had a whole contest about this. I am a recent bachelor. The Cleveland baseball team is going to have something to say about that, too. So, no, but the Washington (laughs) football team, I think we're not better than them. Uh, I'm not even sure we're better than the Giants. Uh, Oh, God. Yeah, so, you know, I I guess we'll find out. I think we got played them before. Yeah, I think you do. So, at uh, the end of the season. I mean, we we won, what, the last game? You won yesterday. We won yesterday. And I think we lost one. You're five and eight. I think the week before was against Ravens. So right, yeah. and we lost. Yeah, yeah. Lost yeah. So yeah, we're done. I, I'm, 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 I'm just chalked this season up. Um, and I mean, it is what it is. Cool. You know? And I think that the Cowboys, <clears throat> unfortunately, we have a good excuse because Dak is gone. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like so. It's like he got okay. nuked in the beginning of the season. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. So it's like oh, like four or five games in, it's like Dak is gone. So it's like it's you know I, that I, gave them an out. Uh, yeah, but I'll be honest. I don't think they were better than eight and eight anyway, even with that. I absolutely <laughs> agree. But that could have won the division. Yeah, but but this is why this is why I feel like it's a bad thing because it it becomes a good excuse. But it's it's a bad thing because it's like we're not focused on the fact that no, we just really suck, right? With Dak or not, you right, know, right. Uh, we we got things to work on. So you know, Zeke was not playing well this year at all for all the money he's getting on his contract. Yeah. I mean, he was not. You know, uh, Pollard, the backup running back, to me has been doing a way better job than Zeke. Uh, so you know, um, yeah, Dallas got a lot to clean up. I don't know if Mike McCarthy's a guy to do it, but I guess we'll see. Uh, we'll find out at the uh, end of the season. I, I, I think he is. You just got, got to give him. Gotta some time. Give him some he's got to get his players in there. Yeah, know, so. gotta get some time. Yeah, yeah. Nah, that's understandable. Yeah. 
Yeah, you could, you could, uh, yeah, it's got to put, got to put the responsibility on who it's on. It's not necessarily the coach or the coach is not, you know, depending on the situation. But um, yeah, I think that they, they could have a rebuilding and uh, come back strong. Yeah, we did better defense. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Defense is trash. Yeah, it's pretty, 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 uh, pretty rough down there. Yeah, CM Funk. Yeah, man. You're, um, you're my mortal enemy right now. You know what? <laughs> I know. I know. I feel bad for Ravens Nation out there as I'm going to sit here and talk about my Miami Dolphins. Who, go ahead, because I'll, I'll finish it up with the Ravens. Who hold go a ahead. slight edge because of strength is getting out because of division record, conference record. The, I forget which one. The Miami is, Dolphins have a better divisional record than the Ravens. Yeah. Like, so by, that's by why. Per, by percentage points. By, it's right. not even like, you know. Real We're both better, eight so. and five, but that's why you hold the tiebreaker right now. Now, yeah. strength of schedule. Puts uh, the Ravens ahead as far as probability concerned, because yeah. you guys have to play Las Vegas and you guys have to play Buffalo. Buffalo. Yeah, yeah. We have to play New York and we have to play Cincinnati. Yeah. Can can you write up that schedule any better for <laughs> right. the Ravens? Yeah. yeah, but we had a tough schedule in the beginning, though. Like towards the middle, you that's did. why we're eight and five right now. You did. Well, well look. <laughs> what, I, what what I was going to say to start is I can't believe we're sitting here the last next to last weekend uh, or next to last week of December right. of twenty twenty. Right. And we're sitting here talking about the Dallas Cowboys and Miami Dolphins still having playoff uh, <laughs> hopes. Um, if you would have said that at the beginning of the year, I would have been like, nah, and you're we're absolutely ta- crazy. So, and uh, we're talking about the 14-2 and two Ravens with the all-star quarterback Lamar Jackson having to fight their way into the playoffs with having another team to help them out. Yeah, they, they may be the... This may be the first time ever that a Super Bowl contender does not make the playoffs. Because yeah. Because the Ravens are are definitely that good. Oh, yeah. Or can be that good. Well, they be getting better, but, yeah, they have potential. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, defense, On both sides of the ball. Defensively, they're, they're still they're little, struggling they're a bit struggling defensively. defensively. I, I, well, I mean, they, I said that way back a couple podcasts yeah. ago. I think I brought that up. They were, they were they were showing signs of brilliance in the beginning of the season, but then they were they were letting up, and we couldn't score on the other side of the ball. So that was a thing. And the defense was on the, the field way too long. And just getting beat up, and we lost a lot of people in our front line, a lot of people in our secondary. Oh my goodness, you guys and all of your injury! Wow, and look at injury and also COVID. (laughs) We have the biggest COVID list in NFL history. I think there were 28 guys on that list in a matter of two weeks. See, my thing with the Ravens, I feel like in the beginning of the season, the Ravens had a pretty decent, easy schedule, so to speak. In the beginning, in the beginning, and I think that the defense and stuff shined. Just kind of like in last game with the Jaguars, they looked good. When the Ravens got tested with some actual good teams, it showed that the defense is not great. Yep. Yeah. You know, when they played the Chiefs, when they played the Steelers, when they played even the Patriots, you mm-hmm. know, in the rain, it's like the defense could not it could not hold up, you know. Um, right. Like, yeah, that Patriots game. I mean, the Patriots offense <clears throat> is absolutely terrible. Right? Yeah. yeah. And they still got scored on. The yeah. Ravens defense still got scored on. Still got scored on, on. yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so I think that my thing is I think that the Ravens' offense is picking up. Yeah, I don't think the defense is necessarily keeping up. But if the offense can keep can keep scoring like they have been, we can put twenty thirty points. Yeah, on you the can board. put some points on the board and right. give up a couple touchdowns. Yeah, Lamar is running again, which I don't know why he stopped to begin with, but he's running again. Um, you know, I, so, somehow Hollywood Brown decided he can actually catch a football last game. <laughs> so let's let's hope that that continues. Um, but yeah, did you did you all see that uh, Baltimore Cleveland game on uh, Tuesday Night Football? Dude, that that game was that was out, a be- one of the best of, games. That'd be game of the year. Right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, gotta be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was back I, and I forth. Stopped watching. <clears throat> I, I, was, I was so nervous. I know. It was I, back I, and forth, back and, and forth, and then it was. I said WWE must have scripted. Maybe AEW scripted <laughs> that end, not WWE. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, Lamar Jackson went, you know, had the shits or whatever, cramps, I'm sorry. And he ran in the back, 
And then uh, at the two-minute warning after Trace McSorley came out because he's the third-string quarterback because RG3 was out, Trace McSorley went down. Uh, looked like he got hurt, and at the two-minute warning, and then here comes trotting out yeah, you couldn't... Lamar Jackson, fourth and five, yeah. and he hits Hollywood Brown. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say <laughs> WWE scripted that, except it would have ended in a tie. Well, they would have uh, you know, got disqualified. Right, it would have been a garbage <laughs> finish. Schmoz, because they needed yeah. to build up for the next game. Right, so there's <laughs> no finish there. But I mean, and it was a it was a good game. It was a conference game. It was a it was a meaningful game. If we did not win that game as the Ravens, then we would have need a lot more help to get into the playoffs. Because yeah. right now we need Indianapolis, Cleveland, or Miami. Miami to lose one game. That's all we we got to win out. Of course, right? One game or Tennessee lose the last two games of the season, and I don't know the strength of their schedule. But if they lose both and we win the next two, then we're in. What's that, Don? I mean, Tennessee's been. I think that I think they're going to at least win one of their next. Tennessee has yeah, been they're, doing they're well. Running, their running <clears throat> game is too stout to not win at least one yeah, game going yeah. out. You know, yeah. So, um, yeah. so it's going to be. They would have to be playing like the Chiefs and the Steelers for their last two games. To, yeah. <laughs> well, the Steelers are playing the Bengals tonight, so right, I mean, she. Yeah. But they're, the Steelers have lost two in a row. <clears throat> One to Washington. True that. True that, yeah. How about that? Washington beat the Steelers. How about that? And uh, thank you to the Washington football team for keeping my uh, 72 undefeated Miami Dolphins as the only undefeated team in the history of the NFL. Yeah, I did not so, want uh, that to happen. I did not, not want like, them to go. <laughs> if they went undefeated, I was just going to say, have a bye and then lose in the first game of the playoffs, just like the Ravens did last year. But, I mean, it's interesting that we're still talking about it. I mean, and, and they're also talking about once the playoffs start, will there be bubbles that they, they have to stay into for the playoffs? Probably not. Yeah, the NFL can't, can't afford to do that. I mean, they can afford it by monetarily, but... They can't afford to do it because there's too many players, staff, you know, all that that they've got to put up in yeah. places and stuff. It's not like the NBA where it's a more limited amount of sure. uh, you know people involved. But yeah, and it's it's just amazing because we're still going to have COVID, especially with this these last two weeks of the year where everybody's running around and doing stuff, holidays, New Year's, all this kind of stuff. They can cancel all the big gatherings they want, but if people go out and they want to do, you know, stupid stuff, they're going to do it. But I'm sorry, Tavin, but. It's it's interesting that we are having this conversation about football, and I've, I've liked watching. Uh, it's it's weird. Some stadiums have a couple fans in them. Some stadiums still have cardboard cutouts. Some stadiums have nobody. Yeah, all canned piped noise, just like it. But they they don't seem to do it the whole time. They seem to be able to balance it out. Yeah. So there, Vince has got to talk to them. Yeah, theirs is a lot handled a lot better. Um, but yeah, you're talking about uh, fans in the stands. I mean, the San Francisco 49ers aren't even playing a home game the rest of the year in San Francisco at Levi Stadium, which was just on when we were all yeah, yeah. Uh, and all they're uh, playing all their home games in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Really? Oh, okay. Because uh, the county in California they're in has a mandate where there's no uh, sporting events allowed. Wow. Oh, okay. Yeah, so and you got some like I think it was it was uh it was Dallas I think AT and T Stadium they had fans I mean but they have a hundred thousand yeah, yeah, seats yeah. and they can spread people out pretty yeah, easy yeah. and they can open the roof so there's ventilation. Um, you know I was gonna say it's about the Ravens uh, RG three yeah I felt like he's gonna be gone after really this season. yeah you know because here's the thing you bring RG three in as a backup right sure. And you need the backup to be able to back up. Right. But we already know he has a history of getting injured. And then finally, when the team is depending on him to be the backup for Lamar when he's out with COVID, and he gets injured immediately. So, you know, I think that that just shows that, like, unfortunately, he's just he's just too injury prone to be reliable. Yeah. No, I I totally agree. I mean, RG3 is going to be gone. I think think he was only brought in for one reason, and that was to – um, to be the mentor to Lamar because their game is almost identical. Mm-hmm. Right, yes. And, uh, and we've seen, okay, Lamar won an MVP. 
Lamar is turning it back around this year, figuring yeah. out what his game truly is because it's not passing the ball. No, it's not. Sadly. Um, yeah, he's going to need to learn that part of the game. Yeah, uh, but I think it's there's no need to have RG3 now. I think Trace McSorley, if he comes back from that knee, I think he's a viable backup. He's he, extremely talented. He looked good for those two plays he got in before he yeah. uh, went down on the knee. And, and he looked good at the end yeah. of the Pittsburgh game, too. Yeah, We need that kid, that third string from uh, the Saints, Taysom Hill. Yeah, man, that, right. kid's, that kid's talented. Yeah, I mean, they've been using him. Jameis Winston's supposed to be the backup, and they're like, man, forget him, put Hill yeah, in, yeah. yeah. Our four-string guy, Tyler Huntley or whatever the hell his name is, he looked pretty good because they brought him oh, yeah, in. they brought him in for the, the yeah. last couple Gar- series Gar- there Gar- when we were up at 40-14 to 14 or whatever it was, and he looked pretty good. Yeah. Now, all those quarterbacks, all the I mean, they obviously designed the entire offense to be around Lamar, so each one of those quarterbacks have the same play set and skill set because they are not – going to just dump the whole yeah, offensive strategy. Offense, right. That's the problem they had when Lamar was, you know, they had Flacco and Lamar was his backup because that's a completely different offense. You can't, I mean, that's a completely different story. Um, and Joe Flacco is, I guess, done. No, he's with the Jets. He's with the Jets. He's a backup. They, oh. they had him in for a little bit. Yeah. I, I saw he played he, one week. He actually he actually looked good um, for most of the time he's been out there. But yeah, then they still he So he's right. the backup he's quarterback the for the Jets. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Why? I, I don't think he'll be around. Why does he need to, Why? Well, because somebody decided they could write him a check and he was going to cash it. I think so. that the whole thing is kind of like... He's Car- a Super Bowl MVP. I think the thing is like Carson Palmer with with uh, <clears throat> the Dallas. It's like great kind of quarterbacks in their prime that can be good veteran backups yeah, to yeah. the younger quarterbacks. and you know, Which and makes sense. Thing. You need mentors. Yeah. You need... You know, and if, that's if good. you're if you're a if you're a playoff caliber team or you feel like you're a playoff caliber team, you need to have a decent backup quarterback because if your main guy goes out, you still want to be a playoff caliber Kelsey, team. Sure, right. you know. So if you look at the top teams in the league, yeah. they all have decent backups. Yeah. You know, out there. That's what RG three is supposed to do for us. And we have to also consider. Flacco's a Super Bowl quarterback, but that was eight years ago. You I know, know what I'm saying? He's older. So, yeah, he's, he's, he's older. He's, he's, he's not as... Right, he's gone through the neck injuries yeah, and all that stuff. You know, so, yeah, I right. mean, he's got uh, he's got the experience behind him, and he's got the years, of, but he's got the wisdom. I mean, he's he can be a good mentor. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, so I will ask, and we'll just cut, tie up this football situation with something that we mentioned earlier. The Jets were 0-12, 0-13, whatever the hell it was. They ended up beating the L.A. Chargers? Rams. It is. It's the Rams. I'm sorry. Um, so, okay. Should they have shot themselves in the foot and lost the next two games to get the first draft pick? Or are they a professional football team? They're played, they're paid to play, they're paid to do a job. So if you can win, win. I mean, I think I think if you can win, win. I mean, don't get me wrong. I understand that, <clears throat> you know, it's like, oh, we can get the first, you know, draft pick. But, you know, let's say you go and you draft a quarterback and he's great. That's not going to fix all the problems you have on the defense and stuff like that. So right. it's like, you need to be playing them guys as hard as possible so they can get their shit together. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Um, and it's not, not like you're going to be too games. far down in the draft anyway. You're still going to be 1-15. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. What do you think? CM Funk. So, I think you play out. I mean, you play who you are. To me, it's not so much about the Jets winning. It's about the Rams losing. Yeah. Like, you're, you're supposed, <laughs> That's a playoff caliber you're supposed team. to be a playoff caliber team. You're leading your division going into that game. And you lose to obviously the worst team in the uh, in the NFL, other than Jacksonville. But no, no Jets the are Jets worse. are still worse than Jacksonville. Yeah. I don't care what. <laughs> nobody can sell me on that. Otherwise, okay. so 
Um, you know, so to me, it's more about the fact that the Rams lost. Like, was it just a fluke, though? Do you think they just kind of, eh, we're playing the worst team in the I league, think, we can just kind of phone it in? I think they probably overlooked it a little yeah. bit and all, but at the same, especially because they were playing at home. They were playing in L.A. I mean, yeah. I, I know there's no fans, so it's a little bit different. But, is that SoFi? But, uh, SoFi it's whatever the new uh, L.A. stadium so is. SoFi, yeah. gotta be. But you didn't have to travel all the way across country. You know, like the Jets had to travel from East Coast to West Coast. Right. You know, and all. So, like, you should be up and ready for that game as a supposed playoff caliber team. And then you go and lose to the worst team in football. Like, you know, whatever. The Jets are the Jets. You know, like, they've had a chance to win a couple other games. And they've managed to find ways to lose. And they almost blew the game against the Rams, too. Yeah, they sure did. You know, they were up 20 to nothing and had to hang on until the final couple minutes to win that game. So, uh, but... Yeah, uh, and however, you said something about the. I don't want to keep on the NFL forever. You're fine. You said something about, you know, they're not dropping that far in the draft. Well, from one to two, it's a main big drop off because the number one guy in the draft this year is Trevor Lawrence, quarterback out of Clemson. This guy, if he plays to the level he plays in college, he is a future star in the NFL. He's a future leader of a team. He's a future Patrick Mahomes type guy. So losing out on him, especially being in the major market that you are in New York City and all, that's huge. It's a big loss. That's a huge, huge loss. Okay. So, um, I can see that. So anyway, just uh, throwing that out there. Not bad. I'm about to look this kid up. I, don't, I never heard While of you're looking that up, let me throw way. in what we were going to be talking about. Let's throw in some notable 1989 professional wrestling. Ooh. Um, and this is... Uh, yeah, you definitely got to cut that hair. This is yeah. <laughs> now. This has got to be scripture because this is Wikipedia. So, oh, yeah. um, no doubt. You know, Big John Stud run the WWF Royal Rumble. That, that is scripture because I saw it happen. So. Nineteen eighty nine. Yeah. They also had a couple of other wrestling organizations. A couple. Uh, they one in Japan, two in Japan, three in Japan, and then the WWF, WCW, NWA. Um, they had uh, Ricky Steamboat defeated Ric Flair in a singles match for the NWA World Championship. That was uh, the first one that in 1989. Yeah. Um, WrestleMania five in Atlantic City, New Jersey. WWE Hulk Hogan defeated Randy Savage when the bigger plowers exploded, <laughs> um, which was one of the biggest storylines ever. Awesome. Yeah, the handshake. That's right. <laughs> and uh, we had WCW Wrestle War, Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat uh, again. Which, which month was that? That was May. That was number two. That man. was the second one. Yeah. And also the Great American Bash, which w- that always came around Baltimore for yes. NWA and WCW, which was awesome. Uh, Ric Flair defeated Terry Funk. Yeah. Then no, the May one, the May Steamboat match was number three then. Well, uh, well, that well, the other one must have been on television, not on pay per view then, because because um, I don't see another one. Because I thought because Funk Flair ended or uh, started up after the third. Right, right and Ric Flair de- and Sting defeated Great Muda and Terry Funk in a Thunderdome match in WCW oh, Halloween. Thunderdome, Havoc. man, they were at Tropicana Field, but way back then before that? it was built. That's you awesome. believe that? Yeah, and. Um, of course, we had No Holds Barred, the match, and the movie, where Brutus Beefcake and Hulk Hogan defeated Randy Savage and Zeus in the steel cage match that happened four weeks prior. Yeah, that's, um, that's a pretty big deal back then. To, to You could go and watch the movie and then watch the wrestling match, or vice versa. You, did it on, you, you know, could like, do it on paper. Well, I mean, I don't know if they did it in the arena, but I know yeah, on paper you could do it. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, that's a pretty big deal. That's a pretty big thing for back then, you know, right. like to, to watch a movie like that and... Get the bonus. Get the bonus match. I watched it. I was happy. Is it weird that we're talking about 1989 Hogan and we're sitting there watching Hogan from what 2002? We and are. Hogan is still like you know viable today in 2020. Like, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> Let's roll 1990, which was all pretty much the same promotions. 
couple Japan, couple America, a couple little ones. Um, you know, Sting is still wrestling. I'm shocked that Hogan has not tried to make some kind of comeback. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And we're sitting here talking about Sting. Like, oh my God. Because like, Sting, I mean, they're, they're going to be like close to the same age, right? Uh, I think Sting's just a little bit younger. Yeah, but, um, a little bit. Not I much. think he's 60 now, like just at 60. And, and Hogan's like maybe, what, 65? Something like that, yeah. Okay. So, uh, and two, two new hips and, you know, a whole lot of different parts and pieces. True that. You know, Apparently, so, uh, AWA had a lot going on in 1990. That's when they wrapped up AWA. The, yeah. Like, Lawler uh, was the final champ, I think, for yeah. AWA. And, uh, yeah, and they uh, kind of went out of business. And stuff, Undertaker sadly. debuted in 1990 and so did the gobbledygooker. More importantly, the gobbledygooker. <laughs> The yes. hatching of the freaking I, I'm not sure. I like that's what happened at Survivor Series. The gobbledygooker won the 24/7 title. That's, so, that is what I happened. Mean, how do we not remember yeah. that? I did you pop know? for that. Yeah, I did too. Uh, I, was, I was a little down and out, but I did pop for that. And and those years, Hogan was uh, Hogan and Warrior were champion. Mister Perfect uh, was the Intercontinental Champion for a while. Uh, Wrestler of the Year was Sting. Actually, in 89 and 90, the wrestler of the year he was should Sting. Have been. I was going to actually say, like, that was right when Sting was hitting his full stride. As, like, the Wasn't movie. Hogan. Hogan probably was more 87, 88 at that point. Yeah, every year prior. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, because so, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I think Bruce Pritchard was talking about, like, 85 to, like, 87 was, like, Hogan. Yeah, that was Hogan in his all prime. All the way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, tag team of the year was the Steiner Brothers. Match of the year was Hogan and Warrior, which we just watched. Which, which is, again, like, you know, like, you say Hogan versus Warrior, and you think, ugh, you know. Don't like, watch yeah. it from Halloween Havoc 1998 or whatever. No, that was WCW terrible. Version, yeah, yeah, that, that was, was bad. I popped when the Warrior came back, or Warrior of whatever. But, man, I'll tell you what. Most popular was Hogan, even though Sting was the wrestler of the year. Most hated was Earthquake. That and makes sense. Uh, he was an independent wrestler at that point in time and doing, like, sumo generic stuff. Now, he was back in 90. He was the... Um, he was the feud that Hogan had prior to Sergeant Slaughter. No, I'm, I'm just saying before he came into the WWE. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what he was doing. But, yes, yeah, Hogan, yeah, yeah. I mean, Earthquake was huge. He was probably the, the, the heel of the year. Like, you know, he was the bad guy. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about that. Um, most improved was Paul Roma. Wow. I didn't think about that. Well, he was, was that the year? Was Rookie he? of the year was Steve Austin, too, by the way. Oh, my goodness, stunning Steve. Probably. Stunning Steve. So, Paul Roma in 1990, would he have still been WWE at that point? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. It was like 92 when he went to WCW and became a member of the Horsemen. I That's think, correct. So. Okay. Manager of the year was Teddy Long because he was with Doom, Ron Simmons, and Butch Reed. Yeah, that was Doom. Yeah, yeah. the uh, original Harlem Heat. I mean, uh, pre-Harlem Heat. Uh, also, uh, runner-up for wrestler of the year was Ric Flair. Most outstanding was Jushin Thunder Liger. Um, tag Team Steiner Brothers. And best on interviews, Arn Anderson. Wow. I, I like that one. Shout out to the Arn Show. So this is 89 and 90. This is what was going on. But like uh, like CM Funk said, there was only two pay-per-views. No, sorry, maybe four in the there WWE. There were four in WWE. And were. I think uh, WCW did have pay-per-views, but they were cheaper and they were a little bit different. And plus, they also had the... the um, not the Great American Bash. The um, Clash of Champions. Thank you. And that Clash was of the champions. I'm that sorry. was like their Saturday night's main event. Right. Kind of. But Saturday night's main event didn't, I mean, brought some sort of big storylines, but Clash of Champions was all, like, big-time stuff. Yeah. Everything. Yeah, Clash of Champions was good stuff. Because that was on during the week, too. Like, that was on, like, a yeah. th- Thursday night. Yeah, because they couldn't take their own over in their own time slots, right. you know, on Saturday and... Uh, right, right. What, whatever. Uh, there was another one. Well, they ended up doing Saturday night, but they ended up also doing... Um, 
Sunday at some point in time, I thought. Yeah, I can't remember what their other show Because uh, WWE had All-American Wrestling on Sunday morning. Right. And Superstars on Saturday morning. Wow, I love that stuff. What are we watching here? Is that Batista? Batista I think this Orton? might be the Triple Threat. Batista, oh, Triple H, and uh, Daniel Bryan. Batista, Orton. Orton and Bryan. That was at the Orton end of Bryan. WrestleMania yeah, I'm sorry. 30. I said, I said Triple H was early on in the night. first match to right. advance That's to the right. Triple Threat. Yeah. Now, that, that, I say the pop on that one was gone because Daniel Bryan wrestled Triple H in the first uh, match of the night. The pop was there. The Yes Movement, 78,000 people. Well, that was the, the pop was gone because this was the year Brock beat uh, Taker for the first yeah, time. Yeah, well, too, that so. took the air out of the entire arena. Right. So. And then the 14-woman match that was after that, they all just, it didn't help. Like, there was nothing to bring it back up. Uh, yeah, that was, that was bad. And actually, there was a lot of people that left. And there were just, the, the whole area, the whole area was sucked out of that Superdome. Yeah, terrible. I still think if Batista would have just stood still in the ring, nobody would have seen him the whole time, and <laughs> he would have because he, he's he's so stealthy and invisible. It's very possible. Yeah. He moves so slowly. Uh, you know, uh, and uh, Undertaker, when you watch his uh, interview with Austin, that said it. He, he honestly didn't think Brock was the guy. Yeah, to right. Street. He yeah so. Because he, he was like, was what did Brock need to accomplish at this point in time? Because yeah, right. he had already accomplished everything. Yeah. But also, he was saying that you know, if if somebody was going to do it, it had to be believable. Yeah. So who in that WWE he roster? Said Reigns, right. Rain, Reigns would have been believable. I think. I think. I think. In the interview, he said he like he said Reigns. Reigns. Yeah. Reigns. A year before he was in the main event at WrestleMania, that would have been believable. They would have had to push him a different way, I guess. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily point. think he meant Reigns in his <clears throat> moment. I just think he meant eventually. Eventually, Reigns when looking at who's going to be the next guy, Reigns should have been like he should have kept the streak going until you're ready to set up. Right, the next guy. If there was anybody that needed the rub, it was Reigns because yeah, he was yeah. going through this whole period where people were just not buying into him because right. of being pushed down our throats and yeah. stuff. You I, know, like I still got to say, just being there and and having that moment happen that just I didn't really wasn't even paying attention to it honestly. But after it happened, I was like, what happened? Three count. Oh, and then. Just a feeling in that arena is something I'll never forget. Yeah. And that's why I miss the fan interaction, and I hope we can get back to some semblance of that at some point in time because it's just, man, it's amazing what telling the right type of story can do. But you can't ever recreate something like See, that. I actually, I hate that. I don't really do it too much anymore, but I feel like they were doing it a lot back during this time period. This was like, what, 2014 WrestleMania or so? 30, 14, yeah. So, so it's like, you know, with uh, Stephanie, like, slapping the, the male wrestlers and stuff, and yeah. it's like, they can't do anything. Like, uh, yeah. Like, back I in mean, the day, she would have got stunned. I mean, this was right, just right. <laughs> this was the year also CM Punk was possibly going to get pushed up to something, and he ended up leaving in January. So Daniel Bryan was guys next on the list or whatever but they showed Daniel Bryan going through every adversity you could think of and it's like you he cannot come out of this not winning the championship yeah. right right yeah so you know what's going to happen this is i think that this is where they pretty much got the Kofi storyline from last year you know oh, what i'm sure. saying but, you know it's like it's what they do with they, Daniel Bryan they they, they actually read the fan response right. and went with it you know yeah. and that's what they don't do enough of and right. well now they don't do it at all obviously well Actually, there's always fan response if you uh, with the piped in uh, crowd music. Yeah, or and then uh, you know you got your uh, Thunderdome people on the on the screens. So I mean, it's right. pretty interesting. But yeah, when they let things happen naturally, man, and organically, like that's the best storylines. That's the best wrestling, you know, and all. And like 
they've gotten away from doing that, sadly. This WrestleMania wasn't my favorite from beginning to end, but when at the beginning segment when Hogan, The Rock, and Stone Cold all shared the ring at the same time, oh, it was done. In the Silverdome, it was yeah. great. Right in the Silver. <laughs> That's all I needed. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but then you know it uh, went on and on and on, and then the Undertaker beat. Uh, I'm sorry, Brock Lesnar beat the Undertaker. But pretty much time that time was over. But I will say it was a very nice set. I liked the WrestleMania 30 set. But getting in and out of the Superdome was terrible. Hated it. It was absolutely horrendous. I think New Orleans is the most overrated city in the uh, in the world. I I, what, I walked around. Yeah, I, yeah that arena is, is not comfortable. Like those seats. No, like at and all. it's old. It's, it's like from the seventies. I love New Orleans. I, you think it's overrated? I think it's overrated. Yeah, you gotta go I, back I, again. I love going to the French Quarter and stuff. I, I hated the French Quarter. Really? <laughs> I did not enjoy. All right, man. Put out the money in the bank. Let's go. I didn't enjoy <laughs> Bourbon Street. I, I, it's just okay. Not, no, I, I avoid Bourbon Street. It's yeah, too much. Yeah, I just I don't know. But None I, of it, it was to me the entire place just was, I don't know. I like the history of it. I guess. Yeah, history's I, good. Well, and I'm good with history stuff. Like, yeah. I, I, but I, I just couldn't get into New yeah. Orleans one time I was there. So. Yeah. I like that the, the uh, I mean the uh, the wrestles WrestleCon whatever it was and and the access it was all pretty close uh, it was all in walking distance one mile two miles super super dumb Smoothie King Center was right next to it and that's also the year that, that what I remember the most uh, the Ultimate Warrior got inducted into the Hall of Fame uh, the Ultimate Warrior made an appearance at WrestleMania made an appearance on Monday Night Raw and then unfortunately died twelve yeah. hours later yep. so that that's what I'm going to take away from that. Also, at the Access event at 8 a.m. in the morning, I controlled like a 1,000 people in the crowd because I, I cut a promo in the ring because I was playing some kind of game that they were playing. So <laughs> I, that's, that's my memories of this WrestleMania. All right. Anyway. Oh, oh, I got, got a Hall of Fame. Oh, got, yeah. Hall of Fame we, we, this is what we do. We're going we're gonna to take it home yeah. here on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast number 90, and we're going to do it with the Hall of Fame. We're going to talk 91. Yeah. Next time, we're just going to just keep going up until oh, we get man. to double zeros. All right. Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. All right, so you guys tell me. Should these guys go into the Hall of Fame? No. Probably good. Right. <laughs> no. First one, I might have already used this guy before, but I'm not sure it was before I started actually keeping track of who I said. <laughs> Mark Merrill slash Johnny B. Bad. Uh, <clears throat> Is he a Hall of Famer? No. Yeah, I, I kind of have to lean down. I'm 50-50, though. I know. I'm on the fence, but I'm going to go no. I'm going to fall on that side. No. Okay. Yeah. No Mark Merrill. Can't do it. All right. If you would have stayed Johnny B. Bad, maybe. Right. Right. <laughs> Zodiac? Oh, that's Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Yeah, so he's already He's in. already Oh, in. that's who that is? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Moving on. Glacier? Uh, no, I, I want a Hall of Fame for entrances <laughs> and, and promo videos. If we get that, then yes. I mean, if, if you want to go Del with... Del Wilkes? Best, that's the Patriot. I'm sorry. Yeah, if you want to go with best wrestler based off a video game, then yes. <laughs> deserves to be in. Yeah. The hype on him was incredible. Yeah. And then it just... Sucked. Yeah, it wasn't anything. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Moving on. Ming slash Haku. Yes. Yes. Isn't right. he already in? I don't think so. He should be. So. He I looked be. this one up. <clears throat> He's not in. He yes. needs to be. Yeah. 100%. Ha- yeah. Haku is my favorite mid-card wrestler of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Ming is great. Apparently, he was a real-life badass. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He he was, yeah. You didn't want to mess with him at yeah. all. Yeah. And now, and, and he uh, owns a Honda dealership now. Yeah. But yeah. I wouldn't mess with I want to buy a car. Would you buy a car from Fuji? Uh, no, <laughs> and his two sons are uh, the leading members of the Bullet Club. That's right. So, uh, Tam- oh. Tamatonga and uh, the other one. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, the other one. Yeah, right. so. uh, Wrath. Wrath. Uh, he was like the big. Uh, uh, that was big, a, tall was guy. That Adam Bomb. Yeah, that was Adam Bomb in WCW. Yeah, yeah. Brian uh, wow. Clark. Yeah, Brian Clark. He was a, what? He was a fake Undertaker one time. No, 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 no. That was. Uh, uh, 
Uh, oh no, that was uh, Brian Lee. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm gonna say no one, Rath. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I, love, I love the Adam Bomb character. I do too, but that's not Hall of Fame material either. Love it though. Disco Inferno. Yes. He was the main event of WCW Saturday Night during the entire Monday Night Wars. So uh, right there, he, he and the Honky Tonk Man need to be on the same uh, yes. level. Absolutely, they were basically the same character, pretty yes, much, so, uh, just a different music style. Yes, Disco Inferno. The gotcha. Lodi. No, Lodi. Not, not around enough. That was uh, he was in uh, Impact for a while. Uh, he might have been, but he was WCW. He was with. Was um, he with the Ravens group? Yeah. Well, then, and then he left, and he was uh, he was with. I think um, Stacy Keebler was like his uh, handler for a little while, and then um, and then Daphne. I gotcha. Not uh, enough like, time. This was like yeah, nineteen ninety nine, two thousand. Yeah, not enough time. Uh, which sucked. All right. Ezekiel Jackson. Uh, hmm. He yeah. goes in my Ahmed Johnson pile. Yeah. Yeah. The guy. <laughs> Guy had the chance, man. He yeah, had the luck, no, yeah, just just, never, never, never yeah, panned out. Never out. He needs to be in the hurt business. Both of them do. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, yeah. Alex Riley. Hmm. Das he, Bunder, he, No, wait. That's no, no. no. Alex, Alex Riley was yeah. second to the Miz when it was the title. A Ry, yeah. A Ry, yeah. The guy that John Cena like, you know, really dumped on apparently in the yeah. back, backstage. Area. Really? Yeah. He really did. Um, I like his contribution, but no. Yeah, I'm with you. Okay. Yoshi Tatsu. Oh man, what an underrated talent! But again, <sighs> I don't think around enough. I can't. Uh, yeah, I don't think he got enough. Okay, Chris Masters. Oh, gosh, <laughs> I love these names. This is the best list ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. the best list. Ain't none of them making it. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I'm just saying. There's, there's a lot of these are fifty-fifty. Some point. Chris Masters is like almost like a Johnny B. Bad Mark Mero. Yeah, me. you know, he's like. Guy, he was right there, and like he just needed that little bit extra. And all yeah, that. but then somebody really deflated him, like for real. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, yeah, I'm that's terrible. Go ahead. No, all right, no. Tyler Rex. Hmm. Tyler Rex. See the one with the dreads? Yeah. I think that's about when I was phasing out of uh, wrestling for a little bit. Like, yeah, just, I was on the edge of it. So uh, I liked him, but nah. Yeah. Okay. David Otunga. Now that's interesting. Ah. Uh, <clears throat> I, mean, I I would put him in, but as part of Nexus, like I would I would okay. put Nexus in the hall. Nexus. I would put him in not as a not as a wrestler, but maybe like as a like an agent or something because he done he does a lot backstage. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I like Nexus. Yeah, I not as too. a commentator because man, I can't stand. No, <laughs> no, I didn't. No, yeah. no, 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 no. All right, Vladimir Kozlov. Oh, another one that's oh, so close to the superstar. Like, I loved it. Yeah. It was all. Uh, it was the what the precursor to what Rusev was. Rusev, right? Yeah. <laughs> loved him, but no, no. I loved. I did like his work with um. What was it? Uh, Ken Shamrock or no, no? It was uh, one of those guys. I can't even remember who he wrestled. Yeah, Steve Blackman. Him and Blackman. Oh yeah, they had some uh, interesting things, and I think uh, Vladimir and Sheamus actually had some interesting things. Well, when Sheamus was first coming up, it could have been. Nah. No. Barry Horowitz. Yes. 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 <laughs> I was doing it. Yes. He, he was uh, he was an undercard. He was a mid-carder, but he, and he got a little push, made the most of it. Absolutely. Yep. Dude, he had his own uh, WWE superstar card, trading card back in the day. Like, when you're when you're a jobber and you get your own card, man, like, you made I would have bought the old game <laughs> rubber figure if they had it, but they didn't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Barbarian. Uh, powers of pain. Powers of pain. I, I might put them in, but together, with, with yes. The Warlord, yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, Barbarian uh, by himself was... That was a conversation I had for 10 years. Who would win against the Warlord and a Barbarian? I'm like, <laughs> I always said the Barbarian. Uh, nobody would win out of that. The <laughs> <laughs> so fans would not win. But I think the powers of pain, them together, should go in. Yeah. All right, last one, Muda. Yeah, yeah, if he's oh, not in yeah. already, absolutely. Yeah, and if, he, and if not, he'll spit in your face and uh, get in anyway. So, yeah. The great Muto. The wow, great I love Muto. that list. Kaiji, Kaiji Muto. Yeah. yeah, fantastic. All right. All right. That, that was a good list. Yeah, <laughs> I'd do it. That's great. So, Hal, let's wrap this up. I mean, uh, we're wrapping up 2020. We got a vaccine out now. Just don't be stupid. Just, just stay around. You know, wear a mask. And don't don't shake people's hands, you know, and and wash your hands, sanitize your hands, and just come on, man. Twenty twenty one can be so much better, and uh, you know, enjoy. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa, whatever you do. Um, Belated Happy Hanukkah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, because you know, t- we 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 stop time here on this podcast. You never know, because you could be listening to this three years later. <laughs> um, but anyway, CM Funk, thank you once again, and thanks for sporting the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast sweatshirt. Always a pleasure, gentlemen. Always you, a pleasure. Have a safe and happy Merry Christmas and you happy broke New Year. You broke that out at WrestleMania 35. I did. In the hotel room. I did. When we were all chilling and uh, watching the Hall of Fame. And we haven't had live events since. Nope. So, uh, Pretty much no. <laughs> Hopefully next year we'll be at another live event. Let's go. Yeah, that's, yeah. We'll, we'll plan it out. We'll, we'll, see. we'll take a so- socially distanced car ride and uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll sit. We'll Separate sit. Vehicles for everybody. Separate vehicles, <laughs> separate sections. Oh, just meet me there. Uh, we'll just meet you there. And Big Ugly, man, we've been doing this a long time. And oh, it yeah, took a while to get number 90 under our belt, yeah. but I appreciate you coming after the working. penthouse. Yeah. And uh, what, do you, what do you got, uh, thoughts on this podcast or anything that we talked about today? Yeah, man, no, I, uh, listen, I'm glad that you guys enjoyed that Hall of Fame because I, I didn't know who most of those guys were. <laughs> Loved it. I, I just mostly looked them up and was like, oh, not the Hall of Fame. Do it. <laughs> I mean, Hopefully these guys know. That's great. <laughs> you do that next time and you, you'll get an entertaining list but, uh, every yeah. time. So hey, anytime, anytime we can talk about the Disco Inferno for 30 seconds. Wow. <laughs> I'm game. Uh, we talked about Ezekiel Jackson. <laughs> Woo-wee! Uh, I remember the theme music. But anyway, we need theme music Hall of Fame. We need different things like entrances and theme music to go in the Hall of Fame. I'm just saying. But, um, you know, because uh, Jam and Jason, we got a shout-out to him, you know, talking about matches going into the Hall of Fame. Absolutely right. Yeah. You know, Rockin' Hogan, Rockin', uh, Hogan and Warrior, all this good stuff. So we're, we'll do it again in January. The Royal Rumble is January 31st, so I'm sure we'll be talking before then. We'll give our predictions for the Rumbles. So you you might already have one if it's not uh, Becky Lynch's baby. No, it's Becky Lynch's baby. Okay. Because <laughs> you, you had a prediction. You you mentioned it. Do you want to give it away now or you want to put uh, for, people... For, for the men's Rumble? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to throw it out there now. I'm going... Because I'm you could change in, it next month. All in on Big E winning the Royal Rumble. Big E. Yes. That's a big push. That That is... So there we go. I don't think he's ready. Feel, yeah. feel free to discuss and, and, <laughs> yeah. and mull over that until Dang, the next I wish podcast. I would have put that out there earlier. No, <laughs> save it. Build, let, let's build it up for <laughs> yeah. the next one. It's called a tease yeah. for those out there. Because I mean, it's not really. This is a different Rumble year because it's not who the audience is liking. Because we don't know what the audience likes these days. We I'm just know sure. what uh, they're trying to pump into the crowd noise. So. If that's the case, and if this is Vince's call, who's going to win the men's and the women's rumble? I got to give the women's rumble to Bailey because she she's been hot all year. But she's a champ already, right? Doesn't yeah. matter. She's not champ. Oh, she wait, is not she the champ. Sasha's a champ. She that's lost right. it to that's Sasha, right. and she that's she's right. she hasn't won. But Becky, Charlotte, and Oscar have all won the Royal Rumble. Yep. So. Oh, so yeah. I say yeah. Bailey, but as so far it's as the, Bailey or Sasha, in my as opinion. far as the men, you know what? I'm going to go for an NXT pull up. 
I'm going to say Adam Cole, baby. Wow. It's about time. Ooh, that's a stretch. We right need a different feel on one of these shows, and that's going to be Adam Cole, baby. Something. Yeah, I need I, I need something different. But I, I do feel we need, I don't know how big we're going to get with surprises in the Rumble this time with people traveling from different places. I don't know. But, uh, hey, we're going to have a good time talking about it in January, so y'all have a safe and happy holiday. We appreciate you all on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Listen to the archives, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. You know what? It's just time to count down. Three, two, one. Deuces. That was the Royal Rumble buzzer. <laughs>